0: You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Join us. Welcome everybody podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the vhs era improv new stories usually and this time gush like squealing fanboys about our favorite movies tv and games i'm josh i'm mike and we were raised by rentals mike i forgot to look up what number episode this is but it doesn't matter because (laughs) (laughs) this is a two-parter uh so it is time finally for our big Project, the big project that we've mentioned a few times in previous episodes for literally going back to, I think, episode four, maybe episode three, <laughs> episode three, yep. I think, uh, where we've talked about how we had this big idea for this huge uh, improvisation project where we were going to like not just improv improve like one or two movies, but try to kind of redo a whole franchise that fell apart and mm-hmm. d- Talk about how we think, you know, we could fix it if we were given the keys to the kingdom. And it goes way back to the original concept for Raised by Rentals, which is not where we improv stories necessarily, but where we do exactly what the improv improve catchphrase implies, which is that we take something that exists and say, yeah, but it could be better, you know. Right. And but we kept pushing this back and pushing it back and pushing it back because it's a lot of shit to watch. It's mm-hmm. a big idea. And just the consideration that the improv episode itself is going to end up being really long. So now that we've introduced this concept a while back of doing – these off week specials our rental rants our super gusher episodes we decided that we were going to do a two-part episode and we were going to start with a super gushers not as an off week special but in place of a normal improv so that we had the breathing room to really talk about the franchise or dual franchise of alien and predator (laughs) it's finally time it's finally time (laughs) And, uh, and we did talk about Predator a bit way back in, uh, again, one of our early episodes. We did our Predator uh, big game, basically, adaptation where, you know, we did like a our version of a Predator 3 in the 90s. And it was a ton of fun. It was also our first episode where we, we picked up some listeners outside of, like, just our friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and I think it was one where, like the the improv format of our show like really gelled together and it was pretty quickly after that that we said look we have to do the same thing for alien you know but alien is such a huge thing it's i mean yeah. yeah there's a lot there's there's a bunch of predator movies at least now there is but like it's not that hard to go back to like the 80s and 90s the vhs era and there's only two right you go back to the vhs right. era and you get you get two movies right but even back back in that day you had more alien content. So again, it became this big big thing. But you insisted that we do it finally now <laughs> this uh this month in April. Why is that?
1: Because it's alien month. <laughs> Cuz uh our improv episode will actually come out on 426 as an LV426. So it'll come out on alien day. Um which I feel just seems appropriate and uh this is like you said, this is something that we have been putting off for a very long time. Part of it is just because it's so unwieldy and huge. So with that in mind, I feel like we should probably let the listeners know up front that most of what we're going to be tackling in our improv episode are the film properties. We understand there's a huge expanded universe, you know, much like Star Wars and Star Trek. There's tons of novels and comics and video games and toy lines and, you know, (laughs) cartoons that got scrapped and, and all sorts of stuff. We're not going to focus on that. We're just going to focus on the film franchises as they are. And like, if we were given the keys to the kingdom, what would we have changed? What would we have added? You know, where would we have gone in the future? That kind of a thing.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think by film, that isn't necessarily mean just released in theater, like cinema properties, but like TV as well. Although, when I say that, it's like there hasn't really been you know, any TV uh, installments for these franchises. So, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of, like, little short films here and there. You can go on YouTube and look them up. But there hasn't been, like, a true, you know, proper... TV adaptation or spin-off. And so yeah, I think that that's still kind of on the table when it comes to like, you know, what we would want to improv. But yeah, I totally agree. As much as I would love to be like, here's the whole predator comic book licensed property universe, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, well, we can't it, we can't do comic books and we can't do video games and it'll just be too much.
1: And that's the thing, like we could totally say like if we were given the keys, we would do this, you know, episodic show, like and make up our own story for it. But what I mean is like we would be taking the mythologies uh, from the films like yeah. I'm not going to say like, you know, hey, this great story arc of Alien versus Predator and the Dark Horse comics needs to be wedged in into Predator three. You know, like I'm just you know, saying, like, we, we can add stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. But we're We're not going to be looking at all the comic books and video games and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, it's just too much. I mean maybe an easter egg here and there but yeah i think that's a great way to kind of restrict it because there's already 13 movies to look at right and (laughs) and if you if you look at the movies that exist now without any of our hypothetical involvement you're already looking at at least two timelines but probably more because of you know retconny fiddling around nonsense but we'll we'll get to that i'm just gonna say it right now (laughs) fuck you ridley scott Yeah, oh, that's com- that that coming. That guy. He pisses me off. Uh, so, but that, so that's a good segue into what we're going to do today. So, again, today would normally have been an improv episode. And so I'm sorry for anyone listening, if you were getting all jazzed up to hear us, you know, come up with some uh, horror movie version of a campy 80s film. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. Um, but today's not that day. So this is really going to be part one of our two-part special. But we knew that what was going to happen is that we were going to spend – A big chunk of time just talking about the existing movies like what the alien movies are what the predator movies are our opinions you know kind of critique them and if you go back and you look at some of our longer episodes uh you know in our in our feed you'll see you know stuff like the nightmares on elm streets episode um or even you know some of our more recent episodes where we we go on for like an hour talking about like hey this is what i liked about you know cobra before we even (laughs) you know get into like what we're gonna do new um so i thought let's not spend you know an hour or more critiquing a franchise before we even get to the good stuff, because the improv part alone, I'm just going to call it like that's going to be a record breaking length episode, maybe not as long as the uh, Whose Improv Is It Anyway, which clocked us in at three hours, uh, almost exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's going to be long. Um, and I, I knew that episode was long because it was three hours and 30 seconds when I was done editing it. And I thought, man, I, there's got to be somewhere I can shave 30 seconds off. It just make it a nice, even three. But I was like, who cares? It's like two in the morning, and I'm sick of editing. I'm done. But then I I couldn't upload it to YouTube because there's a three-hour limit, Uh, and I was (laughs) at least you know with with our level of account. So then I had I had to go back in and I had to edit 30 seconds out. But I had already already released it into the podcast feed into the Podbean RSS. So uh, the version on YouTube is slightly different, where I just cut out literally one sentence to make it shorter. And <laughs> nice. Good fucking luck figuring that out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Listen to both.
0: <laughs> Uh, but no, but you should definitely listen to the entire thing, especially on YouTube, over and over again, please. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so today this is good, basically gonna be part one of our improv, but because we're just gonna talk about talk about the series, you know, uh, I guess this is a super Gussers episode, and we kind of debated on whether it should be a rental rant because there's <laughs> definitely definitely gonna be things that we get all fanboy about, but also <laughs> there's gonna be some things that you know we bitch and complain about, and maybe more of the latter. So I guess we'll mm-hmm.
1: see. <laughs> I-, I was gonna say that there's definitely a point in the franchise where. I'm I'm just going to get pissed. Um, But, you know, overall, I'm a fan.
0: So Yeah, I am, too. Not only am I a fan, but I found recently having to rewatch some of the movies to do all the homework. Mm. Um, I found that I think I liked it better than I thought I did, which yeah. is always always a good thing. So uh, without any uh, further ado, let's just really quick do a rundown of what exists. And then we can kind of talk about how we want to approach, you know, this uh this uh Gusher episode. It, <laughs> I don't know we necessarily need to talk about every single movie in depth and you know kind of go back and forth and debate on on the, the, the merits or, or demerits, but I definitely want to talk about the whole uh, dual franchise uh, in general, and yeah, we'll, we'll zero in on, on the things that are either uh, especially good or uh, especially uh, annoying. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I know you have some. You're just you're just like bubbling. I can hear I can hear you <laughs> seething from um, several states away. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm just chomping at the bit over here.
0: <laughs> um, so I mentioned that, that there's 13 movies, and so the way that that works out is there are six. Alien movies, even though Prometheus doesn't have Alien in the title, but yeah, there was uh, six Alien movies that have been released as of this recording in 2023, and there are two Alien versus Predator or AVP crossover movies, which takes us to the Predator franchise, where uh, other than AVP, there are five full-length uh, official uh, installments, so yeah, that that adds up to 13, and uh, the first was, you know, Alien, uh, the Ridley Scott vehicle from 1979. And we in- initially got some indication that there might have been, you know, a shared universe or a crossover in Predator 2 from 1990 with uh, the Easter egg of the, the Xenomorph uh, skull that we see at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. We're, I, if you're listening to this, I hope you've seen all 13 of these because we're going to spoil <laughs> the crap out of them. Yep. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, and and ever since then, ever since Predator 2 came out, there was rampant, rampant excitement from the fan base about, oh, there's got to be, like, an Alien-Predator crossover. You know, I could have the timeline wrong. Like, maybe someone in a comic book did it first. Please, if you're screaming at your speaker because you know more about it than I do, that's fine. But uh, I don't. So we're going to go with (laughs) Predator 2. Right. Um, but then we eventually got the AVP movies starting in 2004. So just a that's a, just a quick, quick, rough and dirty overview of what we're talking about. And so I want to approach this as one franchise. Yes, it's a dual franchise. They're technically unrelated. If you ask Ridley Scott, they're definitely unrelated. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you ask the fans, they are completely you know, inseparable forever. And I definitely fall into that fan base.
1: Absolutely. Ever since seeing Predator 2, it was like, oh, yeah, this is these two exist in the same universe. Of course they do. It's like, you know, Dracula and the Wolfman or Freddy and Jason. Like, of course, they exist in the same universe. And I mean, Kenner really uh, capitalized on that in the early 90s with both of their alien and Predator toy lines. Like, first, we got the alien toy line where there was supposed to be a cartoon I think it was just called uh, I think it was it was actually going to be called Alien and the Colonial Marines. Um, but it was like they they brought back like a Pwn and they had Bishop and Ripley. And it, 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 the designs were really fun and very 90s. Like a Pwn had a robotic arm for some reason, um, <laughs> you know, but it, it was they they made this toy line and then they they got the rights to do the Predator toy line. And then, of course, because why not? They merged the two. So it was Alien versus Predator. And I mean, ask anyone, I mean, shit, listen to an episode of Count Creepyhead, and we'll all gush about those friggin' toys. They were amazing, and I I loved all of them when I was a kid. Like, I constantly played with them versus my G.I. Joes. So it was like, my G.I. Joes were Dutch and the men, and, you know, <laughs> and nice. aliens and Predator toys were just ripping them apart. Um, But yeah, like, those franchises, they just, they go together like peanut butter and jelly. So they're, they're, they're strike one against Sir Ridley Scott. <laughs> <laughs> saying that it don't mesh. I, I got many, many more against him, but uh, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead on record. I said this on the Boogeyman's Closet and I will, I will say this to my grave. Ridley Scott is not the reason that Alien is good. Dan O'Bannon is the reason that Alien is good. That Hell man yeah. was an amazing scriptwriter, and it was his brainchild. It was his baby. Ridley Scott just directed it and he proved again and again that that he doesn't fucking understand or care about the alien franchise with the other things he did. And I'll argue that he's not that great of a director anyway, but you know, I am I'm, I'm going to get off my little soapbox so we can get on with the show. But
0: no, but you're totally right though. Yeah. Dan O'Bannon was the brain behind the idea because, you know, director or no director, it doesn't matter how good of a director you are. If you don't have a good story, your movie's boring. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Period. You You will have a boring movie, right? That's why every, you know, terrible art house student film sucks because yeah, you might be a good director, but like, tell me a goddamn story. Right. <laughs> uh, and so you got to give credit where credit is due. Um, when your director is not, you know, the uh, the screenwriter. So Dan and Bannon definitely gets credit there. But everybody knows that the reason that people care now in 2023 about the Alien franchise is because of James Cameron. Because mm-hmm. of Aliens, the sequel, you ask the average person who's maybe not a big sci-fi or horror fan, but just the average person to tell you something about the movies, and they're going to tell you something that happened in the second movie. I guarantee it, yeah. right? <laughs> um, because and that was the one that really, I think, blew up. The, the franchise you know in hollywood and in, again to the average person it made it a blockbuster series rather than a horror series because you know and and we, we can talk about this right now you know and you're the horror guy so please you know jump in correct me you know, you know overtake here but i'll be the the man on the street right the man on the street opinion is that alien is a horror movie aliens yeah. Is an action movie. Yes, it's an it's an action movie with horror elements, but it's an action movie. I mean, you know, Sigourney Reaver, you know, beats the shit out of a giant monster with a robot machine at the end of it. Like, mm-hmm. it's an action movie. You know, <laughs> it's got one-liners in it. I
1: will argue that the first four Alien movies jump. They switch genres all four times. Like, yes, there's there is a level of horror and sci-fi like pumping beneath the surface. Like its its heart is in the horror universe, but every movie does its own thing. Like the first movie, I mean, we're, we're, I'm just sure we're going to go through all these anyway, but the, the first movie is, it's a haunted house in space. It is straight up, uses all the old, like, you know, um oh God, why can't I think of the name of it? was it this old dark house or old dark house? Something like that. It uses all the old mm-hmm. black and white haunted house tropes, but in a giant spaceship, out in the middle of nowhere. So it's straight up classic horror. Aliens is it's a an action sci-fi movie. So it's it's a it's a siege movie. You know, the, the uh the Marines go they go to L V four twenty six, they end up finding out about the aliens, they have to hole up and try to like escape. So the meanwhile they have to defend themselves from the constant onslaught of the aliens. Um Alien Three is a fucking prison drama. Yeah, And it's a really well-made prison drama. <laughs> um, and then Alien 4, it's got elements of heist and comedy in there. Alien Resurrection is kind of, it almost starts off like a heist movie.
0: You know? I agree. I also think it's the most sci-fi of the original, like quartet of movies you know it's oh yeah uh, absolutely it's the the one that is the most on the surface you look at that and you think oh that's a science fiction movie you know to the point where you know i was going to make this comment later but i'll say it here like just the general feel or atmosphere of the movie yeah very much like you said the original one is a is a haunted house film and it feels like a haunted house movie who cares that they're on a spaceship right it's mm-hmm. dark it's creepy it's hard to see stuff it's very tense it's quiet you know and i think uh aliens and alien 3 again matches up exactly with what you're talking about aliens is an action movie it looks like an action movie it's big and bright and bombastic and loud you know and then alien 3 is like it's slower it's more focused on character and and you know the backstory and the drama um and But then you get to Alien Resurrection and it's like – you remember that – That uh that PSA commercial from the early 2000s about like uh you know uh, piracy is a crime like you wouldn't steal a car why would you steal a movie and it has that like terrible rave techno music and like Alien Resurrection is like that TV commercial (laughs) with like a monster in it you know like it's it's just it's so stereotypically early 2000s (laughs) with like the stupid techno soundtrack and everything is glowing and everything moves really fast the editing is so fast you can barely see what's going on from like no reason and it's just like yeah just, you know it's, it's real edgy and it's cool <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is so fucking accurate oh my god and don't get me wrong like i i know uh alien resurrection like it's funny when, when people do these lists of the alien movies i feel i feel like alien 3 is starting to get recognized for the genius that it is but I feel like Alien Resurrection always kind of falls by the wayside where people are like, oh, that was a popcorn flick. And they almost like mm-hmm. almost dismiss it. And it's like it's a really well-made movie. Um, I love I love the fucking characters in that movie. And there's a lot of great actors in it. And, yeah, some of the CG doesn't age very well, Um, <laughs> but that's going to be the same in any movie from that era. Um. But overall, like it's a fun story. It's interesting. It was a cool way to bring the aliens back and to do something new with them. So I was like, I I really appreciate what Alien Resurrection did, and, and more so than I thought I did after rewatching all of these. Um, I will always, always, always hold Alien and Aliens in a very high spot in my film pantheon because I can watch either one of those movies anytime doesn't matter if I'm in the mood for it or not. If I put it on, I'm going to watch it. It's much like Robocop. It's the same thing. If it's on, I'm going to fucking watch it. <laughs> like, and yeah, I, yeah.
0: I love them. I'm one of those people who I do always kind of dismiss Resurrection. Like it's the silly one, again, of the original quartet of alien movies from the, you know, uh, from clearly rooted in the VHS era um and i don't think it's accurate i was just watching it a little bit today i didn't get a chance to finish it but it was just to kind of remind myself because i've seen it a bunch of times but it's been a while so i wanted to kind of get it fresh in my head um i skipped it in my watch through just because i was like yeah i've seen it before like whatever and i think it has some some really really great scenes that really stick out and uh, as like oh dude you gotta watch this you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um but I do think it, it it suffers, I think, from being very much of its time, like when it was made. Again, with the whole my whole comparison to the <laughs> you know to the piracy is a crime commercial. I think I think it looks like the year that it was made, but not in a great way. The story yeah. is great, the characters are great, the cast is good. They don't all do a good job, but it's still a good cast, you know. <laughs> oh um, come
1: on, Dan Hadaya. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man, I think, I think Winona,
1: <laughs> his little whiskey cubes. <laughs>
0: exactly. I think Winona Ryder, like, I think that she read the, her character description and then, then she just tried way too hard. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I do
1: have to say, though, as as a, a a guy who was a teenager in the 90s. Oh, my God, did I have a huge crush on her at that era? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, my lord. I, I was rewatching. And I was like, I just kind of was reminded of 17 year old Mike. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I really liked
0: her when I was. Younger. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. I,
1: but don't get me wrong. She's still gorgeous. But, you know, yeah, back yeah. then I was I was crushing hard.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I th- she was so... I think, wildly popular um, with guys our age, that she was like a type. You know, like she became like, when you would describe what someone looked like, like your friend or your girlfriend, it would be like, oh, you know, she's like a Winona Ryder type, you know, or she's a a Cindy Crawford type. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like she became an archetype for a look. Mm-hmm. um uh you know in in which i think every every goth girl in america was just like yes that's my type you know oh yeah
1: absolutely <laughs> and i mean uh, and, and furthermore like uh freaking um oh, i keep wanting to say ellen ripley sigourney weaver when mm-hmm. i saw her as a child i saw alien I just remember being like, she's pretty.
0: <laughs> like, I've always <laughs> had a crush on Sigourney Weaver. Oh, for sure. All love and respect to Sigourney Weaver, but she aged like a fine wine. Let me just say oh, that Oh, God, as yeah. Well. No, she's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> I just recently watched two very different movies, but *Captain in the Woods and Holes, the Disney mm-hmm. movie with Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> and in both <laughs> both of those movies, I'm just like, I can't wait for her to show up, you know? And yep. But she shows up on screen really late in both movies, you know? It's like, you know, uh, they kind of keep it a secret that she's even in the movie and both times you're like yay here she comes you know (laughs) (laughs) right
1: but yeah no even now like looking at like i'm looking at a picture of her now and like she yeah she's still a very beautiful person
0: yeah her and um jimmy the curtis both so yeah I, i i think we're on the same page when it comes to the original um quartet i have always loved the first one the second one it's still probably my favorite mm-hmm. you know, on the alien side. The original Predator is out of all 13 movies. That's my absolute favorite uh, by a long that's, shot. That's interesting. Um,
1: <laughs> OK, so because,
0: we'll get there. We'll get there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm, oh, I I like where this is going. OK, <laughs> we'll
0: get there. Yeah, I definitely I definitely fall more on the Predator side of the camp than I do the alien side. But Aliens, the James Cameron one is it's number 2 like easy you know it's an easy slot um but i always liked alien 3 but i always felt like i was defending it my whole life you know i Same. saw it i saw it when it first premiered on whatever i don't know if it was on vhs or hbo or whatever i saw it at home for the first time not in the theater cuz i was you know 12 <laughs> um right. and but my whole life I felt like I've been defending it to people who say, oh, it's boring, or it's too dark, or the, the special effects suck, or the alien looks stupid, and why is it a dog? And like all these characters no one cares about. And like it's so long and talky. And I'm like, Yeah, but those are all good things you just mentioned. You know, right. like I like all that stuff. You know, I like what David Fincher did. I have issues with it. You know, I my main problem is that I thought it was uh I thought it was a fucking crime that they took Newt out, like, off screen, you know, before the movie even started. I thought, in general, like, the the basic premise that Ripley was the only survivor of that crash, I thought, was right off the bat, you've made a huge mistake. But what they did with the rest of the movie, perfect, like... I honestly, like, you know, there's a few, you know, as a writer, there's a few things I might tweak here and there, but like I 100% I'm behind that movie. And again, I've always felt like people have bashed it for not fitting into the series in the right way. Like it's not sci-fi enough or whatever. And I'm like, but like, did you watch it? Like, it's good. Like just watch it for what it is. Don't watch it because it has a three in the title and you're expecting something else. Just watch it for what it is. And Mm -hmm. it's really, but then I had the same problem with alien resurrection where then I'm, I'm the bad guy where it's like, yeah but it's not like the other ones <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know and this is the thing that i personally love about the alien franchise up to part four um because we'll, we'll get to ridley scott's abominations but um each one they change dra- so drastically in tone and i think it's because it was never planned to be a franchise um and this is something that, that I've, I've actually i know this i know this is going to cross into star wars in a minute but this is this is an argument i've used about the last jedi um where it's like with alien it's like it was kind of a one and done movie i don't think any sequel was ever like truly planned until it was a success once it was a success it's like okay what do we do and it's like okay well the the next obvious step is to have ripley get picked up you know in cryostasis and let's you know, let, let's let do something with the company. Let, you know, who was the company that put out the Nostromo? OK, let's let's backtrack a little and find out what they're going to do with this information of their their ship and its payload being missing. Um, And then they played with that and they made they turned it into a fucking action movie and they give it to this this guy who at the time wasn't really doing much. I mean, James Cameron only had a few movies to his credit at the time. Um so he was kind of an up and coming director and and he fucking blew the gates off this damn thing. It was it was a huge hit and everybody loved it. So now a sequel is inevitable, but it's like, well what do you do with that? Where can you go? What's the next edgy thing you can do? And we were we were entering the 90s. We were getting into that that era of like the the very verbose <laughs> movies that we saw a lot of with Quentin Tarantino and Kevin Smith, like that whole Miramax era of films. Oh yeah. So, of course, we're going to have a talkie movie. It's going to be heavy on the drama, you know, but how can you do that? How can you do a prison drama if you still have a kid and if you have, you know, your your uh, hero marine there? So it's like you got to take out Newton Hicks, which I will will argue constantly that that is its cardinal sin. Just like what you said, it is it is a horrible sequel to Aliens. It is a. Freaking great movie that I absolutely love, and it's one of those things again, much like the first two, I can put on almost any time and watch it and mm-hmm. enjoy it. But it is a bad sequel, and it's kind of like one of the things I argued with *The Last Jedi*, where I know a lot of people love that movie, um, you know, present company included. I, I know that you love that movie, but oh, yeah. it, it's one of those things I've always said, like for me, it is a bad sequel to what came before it, and that's a huge sin for me because it's like, okay, it's part of a trilogy. And if you, if you're changing the story that drastically at times in the middle of a trilogy, it seems weird. And it, it doesn't sit right with me. Whereas like with a film like alien three, it doesn't fit right with me, but it's also at the time we didn't know if this was the last movie or not. Like, is this truly going to continue a franchise? Like, are we doing continuations? Are we doing standalone movies? And with the way that movie ended, it seemed like, okay, any movie we get from this point forward ain't going to be about Ripley, you know? <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, well, it, it, to your point too, yeah, exactly. It wasn't intended to be a franchise. You know, we talked in our uh, Cobra episode recently, you know, Cobra 2, Assignment, Miami Beach, <laughs> 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 which, which I have to say, Hey, everyone out there listening, I spent so much fucking time on the thumbnail for that episode (laughs) with that stupid Sinbad waving from behind uh, a really, really (laughs) terrible uh, palm tree with my horrible Photoshop skills. I spent so much time on that. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so damn funny. Oh, man. And, like, I think you were the only person that that said anything. So I was just over here going, like, oh, no one liked my artwork. (laughs) (laughs) I was losing my shit when I saw it. (laughs) That's what I do when I'm editing. I'm just, like, I'm trying to get all the artwork and everything ready. And so, yeah, I had I had a long time to work on that. Anyway, um, but, like, there was always a big gap between uh, sequels sometimes in the VHS era, especially when it wasn't intended to be a series, like Gremlins or Ghostbusters even, you know. So there was seven years between the first two Alien movies and then six more before Alien 3, you know, mm-hmm. and and. Alien three came out in nineteen ninety-two, and I have no idea if anybody was thinking about the Predator franchise at that time as being related in any way. I don't I don't know, but Predator two came out in nineteen ninety. So like close to the same time, you know, that early nineties. And very much like Predator Two, Alien Three is a complete Swerve, like you go in a totally different direction, you know. Like right. Predator, Predator Two is like the same concept, but in the city, in the future at the time, you know. And so yeah. Alien Three in was the future
1: like future nineteen ninety seven.
0: Exactly. You know, so Alien Three was like, okay, well. Somebody must have recognized that James Cameron did his total own thing, different genre, different approach. Like, let's just do that again. And, like, who else do we have? And again, you have a guy, a director who hasn't done a lot of stuff, who's probably looking to put his stamp on something. David Fincher did Alien 3. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, I remember as a teenager, When seven came out and like the game came out and I was like, Oh, David Fincher, that's the alien three guy because he had this very distinctive, like dark, gritty kind of sweaty look to his movies, you know? And then he did fight club and panic room and Zodiac. And like, even the social network, they're really dark, like not just dark, like shadowy, but like, you know, he puts like filters on like the, on the film stock. They're super talky. They're all about the drama. The dude's like a crime fiction, like film noir guy, and you could see that. And I like that approach. So, doing something like that to Alien 3, I thought was great because if after your Haunted House horror movie and your big blockbuster action movie, where do you go? Like, you have to change the show. You can't make it funny. You know what I mean? Right. Like, when I was twelve, maybe I didn't recognize it, but somebody in Hollywood recognized that like film noir was the place you go after the big action film. Because anything else would have been a disappointment worse than this, this, this disappointment that it was. You right. Know? <laughs> and then doing and, Alien Resurrection as like straight, like neon, flashy techno music sci-fi movie again was the right choice because you had to course correct. Right.
1: And, and I feel, I feel like, uh, again, one of the reasons that Alien 3 gets a lot of uh, shit is even though it won a lot of awards for its special effects, a lot of people dogged the green screen effects. And I'm actually one of them. I feel like they weren't given enough time to polish that because the, the, the alien puppet looks great. Like, it is a great design. I love the runner alien. I, I've i always been fascinated with the idea that the xenomorphs take on the attributes of whatever they pop out of. Okay. I always thought that that was cool. So the idea that it impregnated a dog and it came out as this, like, quadrupedal, like, fast running alien. I'm like, I like that. That's really cool. But, I mean, you have to do, uh, for, the, for the long shots of it running around, it has to be a puppet. There was no way to do it. Mm-hmm. you know, and have a person in a suit the way we had an alien and aliens. Only the close-up shots are a person in a suit. So they did the puppet stuff, but unfortunately the production was so rushed. The thing that he had complained about with this movie is that the production schedule was extremely rushed and there wasn't any time to do like, you know, polishes on, on like certain scenes or like do retakes. It was just like, go, go, go. Like the company was really pressing them on a timeline which is really unfortunate because it reminds me of movies like uh, the, the thing prequel that we got, which oh. that's a whole nother <laughs> story. But one of the, the cardinal sins with that movie was it was so fucking rushed. John Carpenter on the original thing had like a year of pre-production. So like they were really able to like put the work into those effects. Whereas with the, the prequel they had, I think it was like three and a half months to do the visual effects and it's like, even though they were trying to do all like puppets and like, you know, tr- uh, traditional special effects with that film, the, the you know, the pressure was on to get a final product out so fast that they ended up having to scrap a lot of the stuff that they wanted to use or only use it briefly or rely too heavily on CGI because it was something that they could do a little quicker. And, and it's unfortunate. So we we have the same thing here where the green screen effects for the the dog alien or the runner. They kind of look like dog shit in the final product, which <laughs> is unfortunate. Yeah, pun, um, even unintended. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but it's like I think overall that film is a really, really good movie. It uh, each of these films, unfortunately, utilize one of my most hated Hollywood tropes. Um, the first movie uh, does the ticking clock, and yes. I fucking hate the ticking clock i talk about this all the time on the boogeyman's closet that is one of my most loathed hollywood tropes part two does it even worse aliens is even worse with the ticking clock than alien um because at least with alien like you get the feeling that ripley is trying to stop the ship from from exploding and she does and she succeeds she succeeds just in the nick of time but she's actively working towards stopping it where in aliens, you have, like, we ha- we could only stay here for 19 minutes. And then Ripley's, like, making her gun, like, combo and, like, running to the elevator and going down into the bowels of the, the yeah. uh, fucking, you know, uh, uh, colony. And it's like, there's no way you did that in 15 minutes and escaped. Like, that didn't happen. <laughs> like, and I hate it. And, yeah. and Alien Free again, does the ticking clock in the idea that we know That Ripley is impregnated and this is this is a problem that that is it's the entire franchise including the prequels including AVP the gestation period of the alien seems to just be whatever the plot dictates and that I I fucking hate that because it's like so the gestation period for Ripley was like fucking what days (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it was like several days and then it finally pops out at the end and we get this is something we saw a lot in the in the 90s. They, the person falling to their death where they just kind of disappear. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. She disappeared into the smoke. You know, TMNT 3 <laughs> does the thing where the guy falls into the water and just disappears. He doesn't even... Yeah. There's no splash, you know? Yeah. Like, it's the slow swan dive. Yeah. And then Alien 4 uh, does another one of my most hated Hollywood tropes, which is the if you hold your breath, you'll die. <laughs> like... <laughs> where it's like we're going to put our characters in a situation where if you the viewer hold your breath for this sequence you would die.
0: Yes, exactly. Because they're they're all like, you know, super navy divers holding their breath for like 10 minutes.
1: Right. <laughs> and fighting, like actively oh, exerting God. energy.
0: Yeah. Oh, I hate <laughs> that <this> so much. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, it's a it's a bummer. And I don't want to dwell too much longer on the alien uh, quartet because we have, you know, uh, like nine more movies to talk about. at least A little bit. But yeah, I would agree. It's a bummer. The alien three, the special effects look bad, especially after they were so good in aliens like the previous movie. Like it's it's to this day praised for some of the most amazing practical effects like of the decade. And then to follow that up with shitty effects like, yeah, it's a bummer. And Alien Resurrection has some really good individual effect scenes in it um Mm -hmm. but in general it looks so much like a video game again because it looks like (laughs) the era that it came out you know yep it's it's a bummer but um speaking of which before we we move too far away from the vhs era let's flip over to the other side of the coin and talk about predator a little yeah. bit um and we talked about this uh the first predator on the boogeyman's closet that was one mm-hmm. of the first episodes that i guessed it on so anyone who's listened to that knows that i fucking love the first predator movie <laughs> so oh my good. god it's one of my favorite movies like literally of all time like i i'll put it on in the background constantly just for background noise or you know like to cheer me up you know it's like <laughs> i watch youtube movie videos about it just again because that cheers me up you know it's like uh i don't know why i don't have a predator tattoo yet i have a robocop tattoo i have a jason Voorhees tattoo i have I have a i have a let me think here i have a i have a necronomicon i have a texas chancellor massacre i have r2d2 actually i think i have like three star wars tattoos i even have a snoopy tattoo but i don't have a predator yet and now that i'm realizing that i'm like Damn, it, I have the leg lamp from A Christmas Story, but I don't have a predator. You should get the the three red dots like you're being targeted. Oh god, that'd be so good. Right, <laughs> in, the of, right in the middle of my forehead. No. <laughs> no, that's actually a really good idea. That that would, that would be a cool like little gap filler somewhere.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but yeah, I absolutely love the first movie. It's I don't even want to go on and on about it because we there's a whole episode in the Boogeyman's Closet archives about it, but it, it to me it's the epitome of 80s action mm-hmm. but also sci-fi and it has horror elements but not nearly as much as as uh, alien you know so much of the movie takes place in like broad daylight but it's got like amazing action movie cast you know big brawny burly muscles <laughs> stacked on top of each other it's like <laughs>
1: Uh, They were all trying to out-muscle each other.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just like so many one-liners and puns and like, you know, tough guy jokes. And man, like it's, yeah, all the tough guys are trying to one-up each other. The characters and the actors playing them both. All the while, you know, this giant, amazing, amazing amazing-looking character, the Predator, with his just like iconic design. He's just mowing these motherfuckers down <laughs> left and right. Like it ain't no thing. And I can't get enough of it. Like the jungle setting was perfect with the 80, 80s. Even his like fucking neon glowing green blood is just like, damn it. Can you, can you stop with the perfect ideas? Because I'm, <laughs> my brain is about to pop. Like there's so many amazing things about that movie that like, I just got to stop talking about it. Cause I'll go on and on and on.
1: And that's all Stan Winston. Because, yeah. man, yeah, I know you've seen it. We, I, most people listen to this have probably seen it. But that original Predator design, holy fucking shit, that would have been terrible. Oh, it's so horrible. It's oh my God. so bad. I mean, thank God they handed it over to Winston. Like, I mean, that, that man really did shape a lot of our... Uh, sci-fi and horror childhood (laughs) because like he he did so much for for uh you know these these movies both like terminator and fucking jurassic park and predator and like the guy is just fucking genius work but the predator design is so damn iconic like that is one of my favorite monster designs it is so badass looking in, in the, in, in the first movie in particular, because they, they get a little bit bulkier and weirder looking in some of the later movies, but that initial predator look is just so fucking cool. And I, I that final reveal when, you know, when Arnie and, and predator fight and it's like, you are one ugly motherfucker, that whole thing. <laughs> like it's so good. <laughs> like there's so much to love about it. And Having said all that, I'll go so far as to say I like Predator 2 as much as the first one, much like Alien 1 and Alien or most like Alien and Aliens. I put them on almost equal footing. Like, yes, there are a few things in the first movie, like the inclusion of Arnie (laughs) that kind of like (laughs) overshadows the sequel, you know, just like in in the in the uh, original. I'm one of those people that I think I like Alien just a touch more. Than Aliens. And I mean, like, we're talking okay. a hair's difference. And sure. the, re- the reason is because I find it so fucking creepy. Like, it it's mm. one of those movies that, even though it doesn't scare me, it gives me the willies. And I love that. I love that. I know all these times I've seen the movie, it can still do that to me. And a lot of it is just the look of the ship. It's the look of, you know, LV-426. It's, it's just the look of everything. I love the design work in it. Um, and so it's like Predator and Predator 2, it's kind of the same, like, I think just the Arnie factor might edge out Predator 2 just a smidge, but my God, Predator 2, what a fucking cast, like, the cast is so good in
0: that movie. Oh my God, it's amazing, yeah, exactly. Oh my God, I fucking love Predator 2. I saw it in the fucking theater, I don't know Mm -hmm. how or why, I don't remember how I got in because I was 10, but I'm, I remember because I remember the theater being damn near empty and I was there with my brother and... (laughs) I, I, I remember it being empty because I remember like looking around going like, why is nobody here? This movie is so good, you know, right. like, <laughs> at, at 10 years old. Like, I just I don't get it. Like, I mean, I saw Ernest Saves Christmas in an empty theater, but I understood why. Right.
1: You know? <laughs> it's like when I saw men at work in the theater and it was like yeah, exactly. me and my friend and like two other people.
0: Yeah, exactly like sometimes you get it but like with predator i'm watching the movie going like why is nobody here like oh my god like even as a kid i'm like it's the dude from lethal weapon and it's the dude from aliens and i'm like come on like mm-hmm. and for me i i like a if you put the two franchises together it's probably you know predator aliens predator 2*, alien but like again they're so close together yeah. um Oh, well, for for me, Predator is by far ahead of all the other ones. Like, and there's a big gap there. But when you come to like, what's the second favorite? It's like, depends on what day you ask me. I don't know. Maybe it's Alien. Maybe it's Predator 2. I don't know. Like, it's hard to it's hard for me to nail it down. But for me, the only thing that that brings Predator 2 down a notch from being at the same par with the first one is that like the the characters that aren't the main characters the supporting cast like the Jamaican uh you know uh, criminals and some of the cops yeah. like it kind of drags the movie down to my in my opinion like they didn't there was a lot of like junk in the movie and I get why it's there because they're in a city they're not in a jungle like the cast has to be bigger you have to affect more of the people who live in this big city but I just didn't think it worked as well you know the the, the first movie is much you know cleaner and more efficient it's like streamlined down to exactly the machismo level they to <laughs>
1: <needed. laughs> you know? and see while i totally agree with you on that i think that's part of the reason that i like predator 2 so much is because i have an extreme soft spot for films that are like i don't know how you want to how you want to put it but like the extreme crime in the big city type of film so like the warriors or death wish or like judgment night uh, like there's something about those types of films mm-hmm that I always love. Like I, like I just rewatched the fucking substitute the other day. <laughs> I love like, that movie. I, right. It's like, I, I just, <laughs> there's something about this, like crime is bad and I'm going to stop it type of shit that I love. Yeah.
0: And it's well, like, if it, if, even going back to like, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like, if you had asked me when I was like, I don't know, 10 or 15, like in that time period, what my favorite movies of all time were, I would have said predator two or predator and predator two. I would have said a Christmas story. I would have said, you know Friday the 13th part 6 but i would have also said lean on me with Morgan Freeman yes, for the yes. same reason because <laughs> it's the same shit it's just less violent you know but I, like i
1: love that that genre as a, <laughs> i don't know what it's called but i fucking love it and and yeah predator 2 has that in spades cuz it's like yeah you're you're dealing with like The fucking, uh, the predator, of course, like that's good, but there's this fucking drug war going on with like various Mm -hmm. cartels and like the police are fighting them. And it's like, it's, it's all this crazy, like human violence. And then you just got this crazy alien ripping people apart on top of it.
0: It's fantastic. It is. And I love all of that human stuff. To me, it comes down to like, and it's nitpicky. It's like, yeah, I probably wouldn't have made these gang uh, leaders like these stereotypical Jamaican guys, like that wouldn't have been right, my choice, right. but do they need to be there? Yes, of course you have to have the warring gangs. You have to have it in the middle of LA where it's hot as fuck it's like the hottest summer they've ever had like it adds this element where like again the movie it just feels sweaty you know and it's like that's part of what i love about it and like yeah, ever since i was a kid i left the theater just raving and raving about it and again much like alien three much like alien three i feel like i've had been defending predator 2 for decades to like people who just don't fucking get it man
1: (laughs) one thing i will say about predator 2 that i always find funny on every single watch and this is really in any movie that danny glover is in why, when Danny Glover, he's much like Arnold Schwarzenegger. When either one of them are running full tilt, it's hilarious to watch. <laughs> I I think it's just because both men are so
0: big. Like, cause Danny mm-hmm. Glover's
1: a tall motherfucker.
0: Like, yeah, they're just it's, so big. His that legs they, are so long.
1: Right. It's like their body moves different. So like, watching like when he's running, it just looks like he's falling forward and catching himself. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's Arnie's funny. kind of the same way.
0: Yeah, it's true. Arnie, he's so top-heavy. Like It's, it's yeah. like it's like he's running and he's just like, you know, trying not to fall over the whole time, you know? <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, for me, Danny Glover, when his legs are so long, it's like they're just spinning all the way around, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: It's, it's fucking funny. hilarious. The last time, I don't even remember what what podcast we were talking, what episode it was. It might have been the Predator 1 on Boogie Man's Closet. But we were talking and, and – this came up about how fucking big Danny Glover is. Like you don't realize how fucking huge that motherfucker is. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I recently was watching uh, the first lethal weapon uh, and sp- spoiler alert. Like I'm hoping to get a lethal weapon related episode on, on raised rentals at some point soon, but like oh, it's a bunch yeah. of movies. It's still, it's more movies to watch, you know? Anyway, so I'm, I'm doing some homework and I'm watching lethal weapon and I, with that in mind, I'm noticing, like, I don't know how short Mel Gibson is, but he's definitely, like, shorter than your average action star from that era. But, mm-hmm. man, there's so much, like, camera trickery to make the two of them look closer to the same height. Like, <laughs> yep. like that's a lot of, like, up shots, you know? Like, <laughs> it's a lot of, like, you know, Mel Gibson standing up and Danny Glover sitting down. And, like, I did, now that you know that, watch Watch of the Weapon again, and it's pretty funny.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Because he's a big dude, man. Like yeah. he's but a no, big I, motherfucker. I mean, Predator 2, it does so many great things. I mean, you have this completely new setting. You know, it, it's the, the concrete jungle now. Like, you know, instead of the, the Where were they? Were they they were in South America in the first one, right?
0: They were in South America, and now you put me in the spot because I'm like, fuck, I should know that what it is, but I
1: know I should too and I forget. It's,
0: oh, it's Val Verde. It's a it's fictional Verde. fictional country. That Shane Black invented, that Jeff Loeb borrowed for Commando. So it's Commando <laughs> and Predator take place in the same country, and Dan Hedaya is El Presidente. <laughs> That's just... <laughs> <laughs> fucking Dan Hedaya. He's he always
1: he talks like he's got a mouthful of soup. Um... <laughs> but like not like Predator 2, Like so it has this this great setting. Like some of those really creepy scenes, like when when he kills the the one I think it was like a drug lord and he's like hanging like the people are hanging in the rafters like when the cops oh, find God, him. Yeah, yeah. There's the scene where it's like on the subway where the predator mimics the kid and he's like, want some candy before he kills? The, it's like so many creepy moments, like it raiding the uh like the butcher store where it's like got all the, the carcasses that it's eating. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of creepy moments. But of course, the final sequence we can't forget. You know where we see the ship, we see the xenomorph skull. You know mm-hmm. where the predators, and this is the one of the first times, the first time in this uh, entire franchise where we see the predators honor code, which is something that's going to play a role in a lot of fiction moving forward. Mm-hmm. But the predators recognize that was it Michael Harrigan, I think his name was, um, Daniel yeah, Glover's character. I,
0: I think it was, yeah, Harrigan sounds they, right.
1: Where they they recognize, okay. You're also a hunter. And they award him uh the was it uh Raphael Adelini uh Flintlock pistol. Mm-hmm. So it's like that was a huge thing to the mythology, like and added so much. It's kind of like in aliens where we added the fucking queen. Because up yep. to that point, they were gonna have the the singular alien lay eggs. Like there's that cut scene with like Dallas in the uh in the cocoon and all that, like there was there the Xenomorph itself was going to lay the eggs. In Aliens, we add the mythology of the Queen Alien. Um, and in Predator 2, we add the mythology of the... the I'm going to say it wrong, but I think it's Yauta is how they say the the, the Predators. Um,
0: I think so, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it either, so we'll just go with that.
1: But they add their honor code, which... Yeah. That's a huge point of the mythology, and we have Predator 2 to thank for that. So, I, I again, both of these franchise starts, the two films, mm-hmm. are fucking beautiful like they're so good aliens so one good. alien and aliens and predator and predator 2 are just so fucking good it's the third entry in both franchises where i feel things start to get a little rocky
0: yeah yeah i agree and it's funny too to note that like uh Predator starts as an action movie, and then the sequel is a horror movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Alien is the opposite. The first Alien is a horror movie, and the second one is an action movie. But they kind of do the same thing because, in a lot of ways, those two genres, you know, can be flip flopped, and they really, really work well together. Um, and yet, Alien Three we got way back in the nineties, but we didn't get a proper third Predator movie until 2010, which yeah. came out after the ABP movies. So yeah, for years, right from 1992 or 1990, when predator came out, uh, people were clamoring, including me, people were clamoring for where's the fucking crossover. And again, we're not talking about video games, not talking about toys, not talking about comics, but, like, where's the movie where they mm-hmm. get to the cross over? And so in 2004, we finally got it with Alien versus Predator and <laughs> quickly followed up a few years later by Alien versus Predator Requiem. And it has one of those terrible R-word titles <laughs> that I hate. <sighs> like, they, they could have called it Resurrection or Retribution or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and they're, they're just interchangeable. But So let's, I want to kind of talk about these two together because we've talked about it before, but, like, I don't – you and i do differ on these but i'm just gonna say i liked both of these movies Mm. they're stupid as fuck just dumb (laughs) dumb 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 but they have good ideas they have good bones you know Mm. but like they're again they feel like and i hate to be stereotypical because there's so many amazing video games out there and so don't take this the wrong way but they feel like yeah, dumb video game movies. You know, it's like they're shoot 'em ups. They're like first person shooters, and like in, in 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 a bad way. But mm-hmm. I actually like Requiem better. Oh. Which, I, which i know is an unpopular opinion <laughs> but i like requiem better because i'm like look if you're gonna give me like a first person shoot up video game then just fucking own it and that's what requiem is to me it's just dudes fucking killing dudes and monsters going crazy and it's it's just so stupid that i'm like if you're gonna have one of the two like i'd rather go for stupid action than a botched backstory because they got to have fucking egypt involved and some you know there's always it's always like ancient cultures there's always aliens come and like you know seed the earth like you know we're gonna see that coming up in the alien prequel or sequels as well uh but yeah it for me requiem is it's such a stupid movie that oh god it's so bad but at least it's a fun action movie with some good death scenes including one where i literally gassed because it was like a jump scare. And I was like, and I, and then I turned to Tegan and was like, fuck yeah. And like, that was, like <laughs> that, that was my like 14 year old at the time. <laughs> and I like yelled in their <laughs> face, like, fuck yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my
2: God, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> but anyway,
1: see now for me, okay. Alien versus predator, the, the, the first one, um, I remember seeing in the theater and fucking loving it. And it was, it was, it's a dumb popcorn movie, I rewatched it the other night and I still really like it. It's it is a dumb popcorn movie. There's multiple things that I dislike. I don't like the fact that, uh, you know, Wayland is Bishop Wayland and they're trying to say like, oh, it's it's the that's what we made the Bishop model about. It's like, well, wait a second, because Bishop was a later model. Like, he even says it in his introduction in Aliens. He's not the first model. So, if we're mimicking it after, you know, Wayland, wouldn't it be like 1.0? Wouldn't that be the first model? So, why was, why did the Ash model come before the Bishop model? Like, there's shit like that that wasn't necessary. Like, mm-hmm. it could have, it didn't have to be Bishop Wayland. You could have just been like, oh, yeah, you know, this is like, uh, David Wayland or whatever, you know, like this is this is the guy who started the company and his son, Peter Wayland, is going to be taking over because he's getting sick. Something yes. like that would have worked, but
0: we didn't. Or it could, have, could have just been some random dude named Bishop who was like Wayland's best friend. And he's the CFO of the company or some shit like yeah. just some other guy. It doesn't have to be like the Mr. Wayland, like there's no exactly. reason why they couldn't have patterned you know, the, the life model decoys or whatever the fuck they're called. Like, you know, like, like the guy yeah. that they patterned Ash after. Yeah. I mean, he's on the board of directors too. Like they patterned these after like all these, like, you know, the famous executives, like they all have a baseball card too. You know what right. I mean? like It's like the, the, fa- the famous corporate executives of the time who all get like their own, uh, uh Android patterned after them.
1: Well, it's, it's kind of like in uh, was it Terminator, uh, Terminator Salvation where we see the, uh, the T-800 being built and it's like, you have the Arnie scientist who looks like, like he talks like this little nebbish loser. And they're like, we're we're making it look like, uh, you know, this guy over here. And I'm like, but we got to do something about the voice. And there's the other guy that's like, hello. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on. What the fuck? <laughs> like, it's just stupid shit. Um, but yeah, like, so I kind of felt that way about the inclusion of Bishop Wayland here. But there, there are a few big problems I have with this movie. And this, when we get to our improv, um, there's something I want to address specifically with why the people are there. Like, I, I think it's dumb that the predators were like, you know, we're just going to be like, Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's been under the ice for a couple hundred years. Uh, Let's, let's get a bunch of people there zap. And Oh yeah, look, all the people are coming. Now we can go do our training grounds. Oh shit. They activated it without us. Let's go. Like that's, it, it's, it doesn't work for me. Like it, the, 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 the the crux of the movie doesn't work for me. So it's like, I feel like that needs to be restructured for it to work properly. But as a film that we got, I think the fight scenes are fun. I do think the predators are a little too fucking bulky. Like mm-hmm. the, the body armor is just a bit much in that. Um, But still it's fun. I I, I don't dislike really much about it at all. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to tell anyone it's, it's high cinema. It's totally a fucking popcorn movie. Um, whereas Requiem. Now you and I discussed this on a previous episode. Um, I don't hate it as much as I did on my first watch. I can at least recognize what they tried to do. I like the fact that they were like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do a fucking slasher movie with aliens and predators. And I was like, okay, I can respect that. I can respect that. Um, I do like it a little bit more after understanding more about the Predalien, uh, which, and I've said this many times on Boogeyman's Closet. If you have to go to outside sources to understand the story better, then as as a as a movie, you failed. Like you should be telling me everything I need to know in the movie. The yep. fact that that alien was a queen is never explained in the film. So the idea that it's able to reproduce because it's a queen alien, but it's it's a hybrid queen, mm-hmm. so it reproduces differently and it's trying to create a hive cluster like, oh, OK, now I understand it more. But why wasn't that explained in the movie? Like, why couldn't the Predator, when it was like looking up information on this thing, why couldn't we see something that like shows like the the pred alien and like even just like something like a simple visual diagram of like pred alien, like little lines coming off of it and showing like other, you know, pred alien descendants. So it's like, oh, shit, that th- that thing's a queen and it's reproducing like something like that to explain to the audience. Oh, OK, that's a queen. That's why it's so yeah. fucking dangerous but instead it's just like yeah it's a hybrid predator alien and the predators don't like it cuz they don't like they don't like race mixing which says some weird shit about the predators
0: it does yeah <laughs> oh, i just see and like i don't mind the like ancient alien civilization like tie in cuz we'll get there but we see that later on right in like prometheus mm-hmm. where it's like for me, that's just, like, you know, everyone has seen that meme of that, like, you know, crazy Aliens, nerd. Yeah, the exactly. The, the crazy haired dude from the History Channel, like the Ancient Aliens guy. And, like, to me, it's just so played out. But in 2004, maybe it wasn't played out yet. But, like, right. I don't know. The first time I saw this movie, I was like, seriously? Is this what we're doing? Because, like, <laughs> okay, I guess. Like, I guess. You know, if – I don't think it's necessary. I feel like, yeah, the Predators have been coming to Earth for a while for their, like, safaris. To me, I would have rather have seen them go to like another planet to kill xenomorphs the fact that they're doing it on earth on and that they're breeding them like to me it's so contrived and it requires so much explanation that drags the fucking movie to a halt that -hmm. by the time you get to like the action where now you have like predators versus humans like in the snow like that's all good shit but it's Mm -hmm. like uh, this they really really just like Put an anchor around their necks by weighing it down with trying to explain why both of these alien species were there from you know uh, from ancient times when it could have been as simple as the predators were been coming to earth forever like all those like pyramids in like the jungles of south america were you know like uh rest stops you know whatever for <laughs> right. like the yautja and then now somehow there's an alien who's on earth and some predators like oh no you fucking don't like that's you know that's my you know that's my hunting grounds or whatever like there's there's ways to do it not necessarily that that's the only way but there's ways to do it that don't require you to pretend that both of these incredibly deadly alien species have been on the earth for thousands of years especially when you take into account the fact that like Pretty much the entire rest of the Aliens movies have had one very clear underlying theme, which is that if even one of these motherfuckers makes it to Earth, we're Mm -hmm. all dead. The The entire fucking planet is destroyed. The entire race of human beings is dead if even one of these bastards makes it to our planet and every character, every final girl from like every movie has (laughs) either kicked ass or sacrificed themselves to stop that from happening. So then Mm -hmm. to reveal that, Oh, well there was like thousands of them here already. It's like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) What are you you doing? (laughs) That's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. No. And,
1: and that's the thing. Like, I think really it just came down to the fact that they they wanted to do, you know, alien and predator fighting. But it's the whole thing of like, how do you have two main characters that just hiss and click at each other? So yeah. you, you need something. Someone's talking because uh, if we learned anything from the Star Wars holiday special, don't put people in the or Don't put your main
0: characters <laughs> being an alien that doesn't speak. <laughs> yes. And see, and this is my defense of alien versus predator Requiem, because they put it in a small town. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fuck the backstory. If you didn't see ABP, you could just watch Requiem and get it. It's just, yeah. you, know, you know what it is? It's just critters. It's just critters. Right. You just take these creatures and put them in a small town and a bunch of like rural people with shotguns are like, I think that alien is trying to kill that alien. And you fucking eat popcorn for 90 minutes and have a good time. <laughs> like, that's all you need. And see, and I hated critters, so it makes <laughs> <No>, me <I'm> just- – <laughs> <laughs> Well, but yeah, now, but we fixed it. We showed how you could fix it. You know? This is true. This is
1: true. Now, AVP Requiem, like I, I truly do put it as, as the the lowest point of the Alien and Predator franchises before Ridley Scott came back into the the mix. Um, so of all of the Predator movies, including Prey and and Predators and The Predator, um, and all of the Alien movies up to Resurrection, I put Requiem as my least favorite of the bunch. But like I said, upon rewatching, I can appreciate it for what it is while still being like, all right, it's not my cup of tea, but there's some there's some cool shit. Like there's some genuine horror moments in that movie that I I can appreciate. And there's some gnarly like there's some really gnarly graphic moments, like the fact that they're like, fuck them kids. And they they're like killing (laughs) pregnant women and children. And it's like. (laughs) all right, you know, I'll give it to you guys. You did, You made some ballsy moves, but, um, <laughs> you know, And I love the look of the pred alien. Like, I think that thing looks yeah, bad.
0: So does. it looks, yeah. And I, I think we can probably move on from here. I think it, it would be hard to argue. And I'd be really curious to hear anyone listening to this. If you have feedback, if you put either of the AVP movies above any other movie in either franchise, <laughs> I really want to know why. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you told me that you liked them better than like Prometheus and covenant, I'd say, okay, like, I still I'm curious, but like I'll go with it. But just in terms of like the quality of the movie that somebody made, the AVP have to be at the bottom. I like Requiem a little bit better as far as like the first AVP is a better made movie. Requiem is the movie I would watch again. You know, and I think that's that's all you can really say. I don't want to (laughs) watch either one of them. And I did not watch them this time through. I watched them Uh, when we did our. When we did our Predator episode on this show, like you know, a while back, like well over a year ago, I watched them then, and I'm, so this time through, I skipped them because I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, I did not. But uh, all right, so uh, I, I don't know if we want to continue on with the Predator franchise, go chronologically, but I, I say we just stick with Predators for for now until we get through the rest. Um, so so Predators, the 2010 sequel, the the official third entry into the the predator franchise um you know the funny thing this this is this is much like terminator salvation for me but not as bad terminator salvation is the the thing that it's like it should have been awesome like on paper it's so fucking good everything about it on paper is rad as hell Mm -hmm. and then in delivery it just kind of falls flat and i feel the same about the predators where it's like our predators where so much about it sounds amazing like, the idea that they, first of all, it's, like, big game hunting on a, on a, a hunting preserve planet where they specifically yeah. sought out and captured, like, high target prey and gave them weapons and dropped them off into the wilderness and were hunting them down. The fact that it's two separate predator species, like, like warring clans, um, mm. you know, like, all this stuff, like, we introduced the pred dogs, all that, there's, like all these ideas that should have worked but it falls flat for me and i don't know why i can't
0: explain it yeah i kind of feel the same way i just felt like it was kind of boring you know Mm -hmm. um it does have an amazing cast i i really mostly like the characters they introduced as the you know the prey the hunted right Mm -hmm. the um at first i thought that the title referred to them and then of course there's different you know predator species so i mean it could be a little bit of both right it has a double meaning yeah um i personally i wasn't a fan of the pred dogs i'm okay with like introducing the fact that the predator or the yautya or whatever their their civilization isn't like a monolith like that they have like different clans or they have different warring countries like i didn't like it but i'll go with it sure like why mm-hmm. not like and it, and it adds some additional like uh what's the word it has some additional, like, drama and peril to the movie, you know, like, oh, shit, like, the Predators are killing each other, not just us, you know, and again, on paper, so many good ideas, but I just find it boring, and I think, for me, Part of it is that I don't like the way it looks. First of all, like I, I don't know if it's the cinematography or what. But I just think it looks cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have that gritty, sweaty vibe that the first couple of movies had. You know, <laughs> right? It doesn't. It doesn't feel real. It feels like they filmed it on a soundstage. It looks like they filmed it on a soundstage, and I think that's kind of a problem for me. But I think maybe if I'm in the moment right now, just kind of thinking like, what is it that bothered me? And I think it's because. I felt like from the first scene of the movie I knew exactly what was going to happen. I felt yep. it was very predictable. It's like, oh, cool, we're here's a bunch of like, you know, bloodthirsty killers and assassins. Like this is a cool setup. And now the predator this is going to be like a very much like the AVP where it's like now it's going to be a slasher film a predator is going to show up and kill all of us one by one by one by one by one and then one of us is going to have a heart of gold one of us is going to turn out to secretly be worse than we could ever possibly think mm-hmm. you know and none of us are ever getting off of this fucking planet and that's yep. exactly what happened you know and it was like i figured all that out as soon as all the characters were standing in a circle you know yep. <laughs> like i was like 5 minutes in like there was nothing interesting it's again, it's a cool concept, but as a movie, it didn't deliver any like suspense or thrills.
1: Well, and th- there's a lot of problems with that. Like like Adrian Brody's character. Uh, I, oh, God. Oh, I, Royce, know. I think Royce, something like that. <laughs> I know it's an art. Yeah. I think Royce. I, I just watched it, too. And I'm like, wait a second. What the hell was name? Uh Yeah, Royce.
0: Oh. You're right. I just looked it up.
1: So, yeah. So like his character is problematic for me from from get go. Like we have. The fact that he notices immediately that Topher Grace's character, like, one of these things is not like the other. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, he's a doctor. Hmm. Why didn't he put two and two together? Like, he put two and two together that we're being hunted because, you know, you know, oh, we're all badasses, basically. We're all assassins and CIA and, you know, ex-KGB mm-hmm. and blah, 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 blah. Well, so why is a doctor here? Hmm. How come he couldn't put that shit together? He was putting everything yeah. else together. So yeah, it was so it obvious. Right. I mean, the first when he the first time I watched it, as soon as he mentions that, like when he literally points out in the movie, you know, one of these things is not like the other. I'm like, oh, he, he's he's a serial killer or something like he's, he's he's a bad guy. Like it was like it was so fucking obvious, um, yeah. you know, the Lawrence Fishburne character being like, you know, so badass that he like hunted down and killed other predators and was using their technology. And then he just gets taken out like a bitch. Like he he yeah. t- he has he has the Boba Fett death. Like it's just like womp, womp like in the Sarlacc pit mm-hmm. you go. You know
0: Yeah, and, and they were fucking just downright disrespectful to Danny Trejo, so fuck them.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> that, that's true. But I do have to say that's one of the few things I liked where they tried to use him as bait. Yeah. I was like, yeah. okay, that's a cool idea, but still, like why why you gotta take out Danny Trejo like that? Exactly.
0: Yeah, I mean <laughs> you know? if it had if it had been any other actor, it would have been fine, but like, come on, Danny Trejo should've lasted longer in the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: But yeah, overall, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not a fan. And I think that it's, um it, like I said, it's a combination of it being predictable and it, it, there's that combination of it being like almost too much, where there's like, you have all of these badasses. Like, okay, in, in Predator, like you had all of these badasses, but the Predator was more badass. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's showing you. We have this huge, like, strike force. of the, Like, look at these fucking, like you said, muscles on muscles. These fucking badasses. Just, they took down an entire camp of these guerrilla soldiers like nothing. Like, Artie slung his gun over his shoulder and picked up a fucking truck to send at him first. Like, these guys were legitimate badasses in Predator. Yeah.
0: The one guy who got injured says, I ain't got time to bleed.
1: Right. <laughs> But but then they're scared of this predator. Now, in this movie, you have all these fucking people on an alien planet who should be shitting themselves. And immediately they're just like, we got guns. And like they're they're overly badass, like almost like playing like they're badass. And also, I'm sorry, I I, I know, you know, Adrian Brody was really trying to be like this action hero during that. But the dude is running around with a fucking automatic shotgun. Now those 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 things are beasts, and he's firing it like this is this is a, a constant pet peeve of mine in action movies when people have these massive guns and they're firing it like it's a fucking pea shooter, and it's like yeah that irritate like I think the worst offender, and I know we will get to it on the boogeyman's closet one day, is in House of the Dead. You have this tiny little like. 90 pound soaking wet frail little like buxom blonde doing cartwheels with dual desert eagles and (laughs) fire. And I'm like, first of all, that would break your fucking wrist. (laughs)
0: The desert eagle would flip you over like fuck (laughs) the cartwheels.
1: It's like, what the shit? So yeah, I felt kind of that way with, with this movie where it's like the only guy that made sense to me using the weapon that he had. Well, there was the Yakuza guy. But also the uh, the KGB dude who had the minigun, like that dude was fucking beefy. Like I could see him, and he looked like he was struggling against it when it was firing. Everyone else had these massive weapons, so they were just like, "Wee pea shooter." I'm <laughs> just like, "Ah, I don't like it."
0: Yeah, I know. It's it. it what sucks too is like Tougher Grace is not like a great actor I, and mm-hmm. he is miscast in so many things but what he does really well he did in this movie he is an amazing like subtle villain you know he and 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 no disrespect Mr. Grace but he's got this like real like rapey vibe to him Mm -hmm. when when he goes into that like creepy voice and that creepy smile and it's like genuinely unsettling and so yeah again at the very beginning like that should have been noticed and if they had even just called it out but then he was able to misdirect them, I would have been fine. I would have been, cool, like, great. Like, he's, you know, he's secretly a serial killer, but, like, we don't know, because he's, he should have been smart enough to misdirect, and he didn't, too. So it's not just Adrian Brody's character. It was his character, as well, that failed to, you know, pull off the misdirection, because it was a cool reveal, except it was so telegraphed, if you were, like, really paying attention. Um, Right. I think what the movie needed was, like, the first Predator had... You know, Arnie, he was the baddest of all the badasses, but he was afraid of the Predator because he recognized game, game recognized game. Exactly. And then when you had Harrigan in the second movie, he knew exactly what was going on, but he was to him. He was just never, ever going to give up. I mean, you look at him in that movie and, oh my god, does he get fucked up. And, like, he was just never, ever, ever gonna stop because he cared so much about the people that he was trying to protect, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think he he's, like, the superhero protecting everybody. So what this movie needed was, like, an understated killer. We had all these big, bad killers with big guns and big muscles and big knives and, like, big, you know, twisty mustaches. What they needed mm-hmm. was, like, I don't know if you've watched uh, Better Call Saul, but it needs mm-hmm. a, a, a Mike Urban Trout, you know, and which is Jonathan Banks in that, uh, which is the quiet, stoic, you know, Lee Marvin type who just doesn't put up with anybody's fucking bullshit. He just, you know, like uh, the character from Breaking Bad, Mike Urban Trout famously does not carry a gun because he doesn't need one. He's like, you know, if I need a gun, I'll take one of yours. You know, <laughs> like. He- <laughs> He's such a quiet, understated badass because the gun doesn't make him a badass. The knife doesn't make him a badass. He's a badass because he is educated, trained prepared and most of all calm in the face of of, uh, danger and that's what this movie needed if adrian brody had come at this with like look you guys can all get roided out and freaked out and shoot the trees but like i'm gonna use my brain and i'm gonna think through this like it would have been a better movie but he was just one of the same and like they were all tofer grace was the only character again not the actors because you know Walton Walton Goggins and oh, you know and love, and uh with Mayor Shala Ali and mm-hmm. you know uh, yeah Danny Trejo like oh god the cast was great you know Adrian Brody not an action star in dramatic roles definitely I'm I'm on board but like the cast was there but the characters were just so lame except for again the doctor he was the only character mm-hmm. that again you know he was not like the others but it's like, I don't care about him because he's supposed to be a bad guy. Like, you need a good guy that we can get behind. And there just wasn't one. So, yeah, the whole movie is just boring. It's just it's a dumb slasher film where you know that everybody is going to die and you don't care who they are. You don't need to know what their names are. It's just fodder one through 13, you know, <laughs> like and, yeah. the,
1: and that's that's a shame, because, like I said, that, that much like Terminator Salvation, where it's. It's something that on paper, it sounds so intriguing. And it's like, oh, this is going to be awesome. I remember when I saw the trailers for, for Predators, I was so excited. I was like, holy shit, this looks amazing. There's multiple Predators. There's multiple badasses around an alien planet. This is going to mm. rock so fucking hard. And yeah. then I watched it and I'm like, it's OK. <laughs> like It was one of those like I just I felt disappointed with with how it turned out, um, which I now moving on from that. I can't say the same thing about the Predator, which is a film that I will defend. A lot of people fucking hated it. I had a lot of fun with that movie, and I same. really enjoy it. Um, I love the new mythology of that—the fact that the Predators aren't just trophy hunting; they're actually like taking DNA samples from, you know, the different like their different prey and utilizing the most, you know, uh, vi- the most dangerous prey. To upgrade themselves which you know that's cool because it kind of plays into their whole like uh the warring tribes like from the comic books and stuff like like, there's definitely some interesting stuff that they took from the expanded universe Mm -hmm. where it's like the the hybridized predators and like how there's the different warring factions where it's like well this one is doing they're doing stuff that this faction doesn't agree with so now they're they're enemies so it's 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 almost like predator politics you know (laughs) it's like And I like the fact that they introduced that in this movie where the one predator who has human DNA is trying to warn mankind and help them like you are not going to stand a chance. It is no longer going to be a fair fight. Because one thing we, we, we forgot to mention at the top, the predators recognize mankind as their equal. Like, yes, they're their prey, but they're dangerous So like, that's
0: why they hunt them because
1: it's a challenge. Exactly. So it's not like a lot of people are like, oh, well, the predators should just be badass and they're they're killing people left and right. And it's like, yeah, they are. And of course, one hunter can take down like hundreds of people. But there's always that risk that they're going to run into the person that's going to kill them. It's kind of like, you know, big game hunters on safari, like taking out shit like lions and rhinos and shit. Like, yeah, you have a gun that is going your, your technology clearly outmatches your prey. But if you fuck up, it's going to kill you. And yeah. I think that's how the Predator views mankind. But now that they're upgrading themselves, you know, we got this group of Predators that are like, whoa, shit, that ain't fair. Like, now it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Like, we, they need to be on equal footing. You know, so now they're coming down here to, like, help mankind, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stop the Predator invasion that is going to happen where they're going to take over the planet and make it one of their homeworlds. Yeah. And Yeah. I, I thought that was a really fun idea.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's like it's like they're you can go trophy hunting, but if you go trophy hunting with like a tank Right. Is that is that really sport? You know, like you're no, you're just destroying something for no reason. So yeah, it's like if you're gonna go trophy hunting, like go out there with a rifle, you know, and it's like, you know, man versus beast. I don't support it personally, like my own Same. personal politics and beliefs, but like I get it, like it's a challenge to see who is best, right? It it's right. it's you know, it's hunter versus hunter, not hunter versus hunted, right? It's it's you're going out and you're you're challenging yourself against something that is dangerous. But if you take resources with you that make the danger completely inconsequential, you know, again, like, you know, showing up to a, you know, to a knife fight with a gun, then like it's, it's not a challenge anymore. So the mm-hmm. point, the point is lost. And and again, I do, I do get that. I, I didn't like that they introduced that aspect, but I get it. And I thought it was the next Best place to go if you were going to evolve the the franchise because they couldn't just go back and do Predator or Predator 2 over again. Like you know they right. they, they kind of, they kind of pulled a Force Awakens where it's like just give people what they want. Lots of callbacks, lots mm-hmm. of Easter eggs. They tied it directly into the previous you know uh, prequels of the series at that point, and I love that they brought back you know older characters or references to those characters. Uh, I thought. It was too sci-fi e for my personal taste, but mm. I liked it way more than I thought I would. I didn't watch it at first because, again, I looked at it and I saw Alien Resurrection. I was like, "Oh, this is a super like sci-fi e video game e you know installment," and that's not really what I want. But right. I watched, I watched it, and I enjoyed the fuck out of it. So yeah, you know, as a storyteller, I would have changed a few things. There's a few things I wouldn't have done, but mm. yeah, I thought it was awesome. I think if you're going to attempt to first of all you could never remake predator but if you were going to this is a pretty good decent pretty good way to do it if you were going to try to do a remake like this is a pretty good shot right
1: well and and i like the fact that uh, one one thing i let me backtrack for a moment In predators one of the things i forgot to mention that i really dislike about it is the fact that the final scene it basically retreads what we saw in predator where it's like Adrian Bro Royce uses all the same tricks that Dutch uses Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay we saw this before like you're literally doing the same fucking scene and it's like you could have done so many different things with this like you could have could have had Royce use like the fallen predators gear. And be like you know a mono a mono type like predator versus human with the same technology there were so many things that they could have done but they decided oh paint yourself in mud use the fire all that blah 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 blah. and it's like all right but in, in the predator one of the things that i really like that they added to this is uh, you have the the OW, was it owlf the otherworldly life form uh group that they introduced in predator 2. They bring them back in this. And the reason being it's like, okay, the governments all around the world have known about predators. like that we know that there's extraterrestrials. We know that they're, you know, invading mankind. Um, so we get more of that here, which I feel like was laying a lot more groundwork for the whole Wlan Utani corporation thing. And, and, and like the fact that we were going to see, uh, I think in in Requiem we get the Miss Utani moment, yeah, the, yeah, the stinger yeah, at yeah. the end. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. So I feel like the uh, the OWLF like it, having that play such a major role in this film and like showing like the the Predator suit, like the the robot suit at the end of the movie. Um, I think that what that was going to do was it was going to bring us a little bit closer to the impending timeline emergence of like you know getting alien and predator together like in for the future films but mm-hmm. unfortunately this fell flat on its face and people fucking hated it which i don't see why but you know it, it is what it is people hated it so they went in a different direction with uh tw- was it 2022's prey mm-hmm. uh the prequel which holy shit i only have one complaint about the entire movie i love this movie from start to finish <laughs> like it is so damn fun
0: yeah, um, Me too. I thought it was so fucking good.
1: Oh, it I, I like every from the acting to the effects, the look of the predator, like the fact that you could tell he's kind of off doing his own thing. Like he's one of the berserkers like, you know, that they, they introduce in mm-hmm. um uh, in Predators. Uh, they yep. introduce the idea of this, this like more vicious clan. And you can tell like he's just like you know fuck these humans like he doesn't care like he's he's just he's fucking monstrous and i love it um and then naru is just she's such a badass like she's like linda hamilton sigourney weaver level <laughs> badass in this movie. and it's so yeah. fucking cool like seeing her with the axe with the the rope and like doing that thing where she when she's chasing after the bear like she runs down the hill and like does the like fucking kick jump off the tree. I'm like, damn, like there were so yeah. many cool moments of this fucking movie. My only beef is the inclusion of Raphael Adelini.
0: Yeah. I was going to say I, the exact same thing.
1: <laughs> that's my only beef because it, it basically fucks the whole timeline. Cause now what you're saying is Naru was hunted and killed at some point by another predator. And they took that flintlock pistol as a trophy yep. to give it to Mike Harrigan in 1997. So it's yep. like, Oh, that sucks. <laughs> like, so I don't like that, but everything else about that movie, fucking Chef's Kiss, like that is what this franchise needed, and mm-hmm. I want more.
0: <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, and it's a great, it's a great uh, example of how to do a prequel well. Because yes. it wasn't like, hey, let's go back and like let's see you know, like Dutch in college or like whatever. How did <laughs> how did Mike Harrigan become a cop? You know.
1: Oh my god, I want to watch a movie about Dutch in college now. <laughs>
0: we to write, write that one down for later on in the year. <laughs> Put that on an episode list. <laughs> it's like animal. It's like Animal House.
1: <laughs> <laughs> With fucking Jesse the Body Ventura. And, oh my god, that would be amazing. <laughs>
0: Oh, that'd be so good. Oh man. <laughs> Spe- speaking of uh completely uh, unrelated college movies, like I just want to do a quick shout out for the uh grossly underappreciated uh 80s classic Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, seriously, oh, fucking love movie. that movie. Fucking love it so much. William Zapka. Oh. Oh. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. Robert so Junior, get... great movie. Oh, oh, it's so good. And I can't remember his name, but the dude from Christine. uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The little Weasley dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I fucking – I love Prey. It was so fun. I mean, yeah, you could nitpick this and that, and I've heard people nitpick it. But, like, shut up. Like, it's it's a great movie. It's – I love – I love, again, I love the appearance of the Predator. I love the fact that they went back and they did a cool period piece. Instead of, again, focusing on a character from one of the, the current movies, they went back and they put paid to what they've tried to do with something like avp and what they hinted at with backstory and all the other movies which is that this has been going on for a long time right that the Yautya or whatever they're called they've been coming to earth for quite a while and being able to see one of those oh my god it was just so good you know naru is deserves a a place like you said with you know with Ripley uh in like the pantheon of like badass like female action stars like you know and and yeah you know of course she overcomes like the the misogynist prejudice against her and you know she makes mistakes but man she just kicks ass and I yeah I hate the the inclusion of uh the flintlock pistol and andolini because again it does fuck up the timeline and I wasn't thrilled with Kind of copying, again, the way that Schwarzenegger defeated the original Predator with, like, the mud and everything. But, again, it's that it's that whole Force Awakens thing where it's like, just give the fans what they want to see. You know, fan right. service, but, like, in a in a good way. I would have written that scene differently, but that's the the nitpickiest of nitpicks. You know, I'm just looking for something to complain about because it's a fucking great movie.
1: Well, keep in mind, she doesn't technically do it with the mud. She She uses its own technology against it. Yeah, she that's sets true. up its its helmet knowing that if she can trap it, eventually it will rely on its gun. Mm-hmm. And she, she saw how its gun will track whatever wherever the dots go. So yeah. she set up its helmet to like to to watch it, um, which I thought was pretty cool, because one of the things that she says in the movie is that it doesn't see me as a threat. None of you mm-hmm. do, which is how I'll win. <laughs> oh, and I'm I like, love that. I love that so line so cool. much. <laughs> so, I love and, that. And it's like, and she does, like, she she does the whole body heat thing, but she uses her her knowledge of medicine to, like, you know, make her, like, lower her body temperature so it's harder for mm-hmm. the thing to see her. And, like, I love the sequence where she traps it in the mud because eventually this thing is like, fuck you, and it pulls its gun. Now, one of the the complaints that I've heard about this movie is why would a predator use such primitive technology when clearly it can still space travel it flew here in a fucking ship so why doesn't it have all like all of its high tech stuff and i would i would argue it's the same thing as a modern day hunter taking a fucking compound bow and hunting bear like this oh, yes. this, this predator didn't want to use its high tech shit in fact we see it barely uses its gun it mostly uses like slings and fucking like uh that weird like wrap thing that would, like, saw off your limbs, Mm -hmm. or, like, the netting, or it uses its its razor shield, like, it's it's using primitive weapons, or primitive uh, hunting techniques, because it's the sport, it's enjoying what it's doing, so the fact that she knew enough to be like, if I piss it off enough, it's gonna pull, like, it's gonna pull its gun, so... Let me set it up. Let me set a trap where I'm going to piss it off enough to do that. And I was like, Oh, boom, fucking brilliant. Like I was so happy with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I can't say enough good about Prey. Like I think it's such a fun movie. And uh, unfortunately now we have to talk about the two movies that we've been putting <laughs> off.
0: Uh- yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. I, I just, you know, <sighs> quick shout out to uh, Amber mid thunder, the actor who plays uh Naru to like, uh, again i really really hope that you know we we see a lot a lot more of her because damn, do, the, movie, the movie was so good but yeah why <laughs> was annalini in it man fuck that shit
1: <laughs> and that's the thing like I, I honestly i will say one of the things uh, about prey that i feel like a lot of movies can learn from is uh like yes the when they're speaking i think they they were comanche if yep. i'm not mistaken that like yes when they were speaking comanche it was english so we could understand it But in the movie, we knew they were supposed to be speaking Comanche to one another. But there's a lot of moments where they they are speaking um, like in a different language, like when we see the French trappers and they're speaking Mm -hmm. in a different language where the characters don't understand what the people are saying. So neither do we as the audience unless you speak French. And I think that that is such a brilliant thing that more filmmakers filmmakers need to do is show us what we need to see. We don't necessarily need to know what they're saying if they're speaking in another language. So whether it be a language we don't understand, whether it be an alien language, whatever, like as long as you're showing us on the screen what's happening, we can infer what's going on. And, mm-hmm. and this movie does that beautifully. So I feel like this is a masterclass in how you do that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know? I know. I, I totally agree. And I think that's the segue back into what we were just about to talk about, which is the other alien movies, because we learn that the xenomorphs have a language mm-hmm. and we never ever understand what they're saying, but they're clearly communicating just like a lot of monsters in fiction do, including both the predator monsters and the aliens as well. Like they communicate, but we never see subtitles. And if we did, mm-hmm. it would be fucking stupid, you know? <laughs> like, right, <exactly. laughs> and because it, it, it takes away the uh, exotic, Strangeness that adds to the danger. Like if I knew what the predators were saying to each other, you know, like, and you know what? And if it, if it, if it's in one of the movies and someone listening is like, well, you know, it actually an A V P. Well, I don't fucking care. It was dumb when they did it, (laughs) and I, I put it out of my brain because it's stupid. I don't want to know what they're saying to each other. Cause then it humanizes them too much. And I don't want them to be humanized. They're supposed to be monsters. Like that's what they do. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> now I'm picturing in predators when one of the predators gets killed, the other one going, holy shit, he killed Carl. Like. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> oh God.
0: Oh man. Like, or some, some boring conversation where the two predators talking to like, Hey man, did you check your pay stub? Did you get to overtime? <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> That's why I can afford to go on this big game hunt. <laughs> He's like, like you got overtime. Oh man, fuck you, they, they, man. These guys keep screwing me. I'm gonna talk to H.R. <laughs> exactly. Oh, okay. So uh. enough, enough, uh, enough stalling. Enough stalling. Because also, uh. <laughs> I don't want this episode to be longer than the improv that we were trying to avoid in the first place. Um, but uh. it's hard to talk about fucking thirteen ass movies. So it here, really we is. here we Prometheus. go. Here we go. Prometheus. Prometheus. Uh, uh. My quick, my quick, quick, quick critique of this is I didn't watch it when it first came out because it looked stupid. And then I watched it and I went, yep, that's exactly what I expected to see. And it was boring. A lot of cool stuff, Mm -hmm. a lot of interesting visuals, but I didn't care about anybody. It was boring. There was no peril at any point. It, effect, it affected pretty much nothing. If you just ignore it entirely and you know, so many of the great cast would just wasted. So yeah. yeah, but, but there were times when I was having a lot of fun just because it was dumb in that AVP kind of a way, you know, mm-hmm. with just like dudes getting fucked up by aliens, spores and shit. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's my overall impression of it. It was like, Ooh. it could have been so good, but it's just a waste.
1: It's, uh, I got, I got beefs. Um, so Prometheus, I, as a film, like not as a prequel, but as a film, I like it. I I find it interesting enough. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued enough to be like, oh, well, what's going to happen next? Like I actually care enough to, to want to know what the next step is. But here is my, I hate prequels in general. Like Prey is one of the few prequels that I like a lot um very few prequels really hold up for me like yeah i like the star wars prequels enough um they're not my favorite in the franchise but i like them enough uh most prequels that i've watched i kind of always have this feeling about like I, i've gone off many many times in the boogie closet about fucking texas chainsaw massacre the beginning i oh my god do i hate that fucking movie like it's, it's in my top five like most hated horror movies of all time um i don't like prequels so the idea that this like has to connect into alien somehow and all it does is raise a shitload of questions and doesn't answer any of them annoys the piss out of me like what the fuck is the trilobite what is the deacon like what was the point of any of that like what is the black goo what are we talking about what why does it why does it you know change one species one way and another species another way like what exactly is this stuff um it doesn't explain any of that shit you know so overall it irks me but like as a prequel but as a sci-fi film I'm interested enough so sure, I yeah. I do enjoy it I love I love the look of it I will give it that I love the designs in this movie like yeah. I like the ship designs it's got a great cast I love the suits Um, I think that they are a nice um, like proto version of the suits that we see the the crew of the Nostromo wearing Um, it's, it's a cool design. It's very, uh, very like early stages of that space suit, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, very very like, Oh, this is the high tech prototype. And then later on down the line, when we get to space truckers, they're wearing like the five and dime version, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I like that. (laughs) Um, I do like the look of the engineers. But here's the problem overall. I feel like Ridley Scott didn't know what he wanted to do because there are so many aspects to this movie where he's just kind of like waving his hand, like eh, the science, whatever, <laughs> you know, like there's the idea that the, the engineers want to wipe out mankind, even though they seeded mankind. Like apparently they made mankind, but they also want to wipe us out. And there was this whole backstory that the reason mm-hmm. they wanted to wipe us out was was because Jesus was actually an engineer and we (laughs) crucified it. And I'm like, what?
0: (laughs) I'm glad that wasn't in the movie.
1: Dude, me too. But that was one. That's, this is why I say fuck Ridley Scott, because this is where his mind was going with this shit. Like it's all over the place. And like, they don't explain anything. Like the beginning of the movie, we see a planet. Is it earth? Who knows? We don't know, but we see an engineer drink the black goo start immediately deteriorating and fall into a waterfall where his 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 dna is reformed and seeds life for that planet so basically he was the fucking chia pet for life on that planet you know and it's (laughs) like oh my god it's 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 just crap because it's like did they make mankind do they do they hate mankind what is it what is their deal why do they want to kill us at the end of the movie like, what the fuck is going on? It doesn't make any damn sense. Um, and then it gets even worse with fucking Covenant. Oh, my God. Like, I have a laundry list of complaints with that one. Like, I want a fucking <laughs> manager. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. I mean, I gave my quick overview, which is that I just thought Prometheus was boring. But, yeah, to your point, it looks good. I did like the suits. I would agree with you there. I love the cast. But it's sad when, like, my favorite arguably not the best maybe but my favorite scene in the movie was when idris elba and uh charlie's throne were kind of like flirting a little bit and, yeah and you know <laughs> she was kind of like you know like you know like my quarters 10 minutes or whatever it was like and but it's sad because the the only reason that's the best scene in the movie is because you get two actors who mostly get nothing to do and they finally get a scene where they get to act mm-hmm. you know and like Idris Elba had a couple of good scenes. I like the fact that his character was against type because it's typically the captain who's like, oh, this is my ship. Like, you know, you know, whatever. But in a very sort of like negative, you know, militaristic kind of a way, like you ain't going to tell me what to do. But he was mostly like, I just drive the car, man. Like, you know, and- right. I like that, you know, whereas the problem is that Vickers or Charlize Theron's character, she was supposed to be like the corporate badass who was going to like, you know, put her foot down and, you know, get in the way of all of the, you know, heroes progress, but because of her, you know, stupid corporate red tape, but she didn't do that either. She was just angry the whole movie, but did nothing, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she just dies. And it's like, why was she even in the movie? It doesn't mm-hmm. do anything. It doesn't <laughs> add anything. So you have this cast, you have like Guy Pierce and, you know, all these, these great actors who don't get to do anything. And to your point, it's like, I, I had my own ideas about what the movie was trying to say, but they didn't say it in the movie. So it's like, well, why do I have to like go and I don't mind a movie that makes you think, but I don't want to have to watch a movie that's like, well, now I have to go look up on the internet and figure out what the fuck this was supposed to be about, you know? Exactly. And, And, um. But I will say a few things real quick, which, it, you know, the thing I hated the most was when uh, Elizabeth Shaw, that character, I forget the actress's name, she – okay, I know that she had anesthetics, and I know that she had, like, futuristic medical equipment. I get it. <laughs> but the fact that she performed a C-section on herself and then ran around at full speed for an hour after that, and I'm yeah. like, fuck you. No, 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 no. I don't care how much – uh, How many painkillers you had in your system? Or how, how good those staples were holding your abdomen together? There is no fucking way that you right. run around like Sigourney Weaver after performing a fucking C-section on yourself. And not only that, but like if you've seen a real C-section, they make like a two inch incision and then stretch it out like this chick cut like 10 inches across her. <laughs> gut you know right fucking laser and then she just (laughs) now i can understand like maybe the adrenaline is pumping she gets off the table she runs away she should have collapsed in a hallway somewhere screaming with like blood oozing between those staples but no she runs Mm. around for an hour and kicks ass and occasionally has to stop and like catch her breath like that's all they they give you know to for consideration for the fact that she just had surgery performed like it's it's, that was the most unrealistic part of the movie i take the aliens sure the black goo whatever i'll I'll go with it but like (laughs) running around with a wound like that no i'm sorry that's just dumb
1: (laughs) and i i i love the surgery scene just because it's so fucking like eh, body horror skin crawly creepy but yeah, no, you are 100% correct on that. Like, I would have bought it a little bit more had they had some kind of like futuristic bullshit where it's like, here's like a liquid skin laser where it's like mm-hmm. sealing your body back together. Like, okay, now she doesn't have to worry about the wound, but I'm sure, sure it would still be traumatic. Like, <laughs> Yeah,
0: exactly. It's a sci-fi movie. Do whatever you want. But like. Show it to me like, you know, like you they, they literally stapled her back together. Like I had staples in my wrist when I had surgery once and that shit hurt for months, uh-huh. you know, even with, <laughs> with painkillers like, yep. God, you know, and yep. then they tear and they rip out and like, oh, there's no it's dumb. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you're, you're, you're fighting with that. Yeah,
1: but I mean, overall, it's it's an OK sci fi flick, but it's it raises so many fucking questions and doesn't answer anything. Yeah, and then we get to Covenant.
0: Wait, <laughs> before we do, before we do, I'm, I will say one good thing about Prometheus, you know, I, I, which is what I like that it added to the mythology and to the overall franchise. Is you mentioned before about how inconsistent, like the gestation period was, right, for the aliens, yeah. and that's true, especially when you take into the account the fact that the only xenomorphs we've seen consistently are the type that we see in the first couple of movies. They're the ones who look like, I don't know, like grasshoppers with like scorpion tails, you know, whatever <laughs> right. you, whatever those things are with like the mouths inside their mouths. And I think it's interesting that they took the idea of, of taking something that's called a xenomorph or alien form, right, or alien mm-hmm. uh, image. And they were like, well, why does it have to just look like this? We saw the dog version, like why couldn't there be other versions? I like the fact that they they introduced this idea that the morphology of aliens is just all over the place. And right. that though I used to complain that the alien in the original alien movie grows up so fast. It's like, why does it uh, mature to adulthood in like hours, like so quickly? And they actually explain that here, not in words, but what you get to see is that oh, so like these aliens are evolving at this incredibly quickened pace. Mm-hmm. And so they're also maturing as individuals at this incredibly quickened pace. So it, it's like it kind of reverse engineers the fact that, yes, we know the biology is stupid. So we're going to explain it away in this kind of hand wavy way of saying, yeah, because it would you know, they were designed to be like a biological super weapon that evolved and adapted at like lightning pace and that's why it you know that continues on like many generations down the line and I'm like okay good you explained something I like that I will take it that is my chocolate cookie on the oreo but the other <laughs> chocolate half is missing it broke off in the box somewhere
1: <laughs> <laughs> see now and and the funny thing is that's one of my my biggest beefs with the Ridley Scott uh prequel idea is that they are weapons um i prefer the idea that these things are like fucking alien locust, and they just destroy everything that they come across. They basically just, you know, eat and produce and eat and produce. And that's all they do. And I like the idea that the predators tried to harness that as like, you know, a, a, a way to train. I, li- I, li- yeah. I like that idea, and I love the idea that the Whalen yutani Corporation is trying to harness that to turn it into a weapon, but the mm-hmm. fact that the engineers, which originally, let's just be honest here, there was no fucking engineers originally. It was just the space jockey, which was a name fans gave a creature. Um, It was just in yeah. the, the first alien movie. Um, the, the engineers literally engineered the idea of it, but they didn't create the alien, which we'll find out in the next movie. Like, yeah, I know. fucking hate it so much.
0: Exactly. You know what? You've just convinced me in this moment of something. And I, I'm 100% on board now When you when you frame it that way, that it's better if the xenomorph aliens are a force of nature mm-hmm. rather than something that was designed. Because it again it adds to that you know man versus nature or hunter versus prey dynamic that we see in all the movies right it's Mm -hmm. that the predators are hunters they are a life form above humans that hunt us for sport and the aliens are a life form like below humans because they are animals but they are an animal that is more dangerous than anything imaginable and that makes the predator hunting them xenomorphs for sport even more interesting if they were, they were almost this like insectoid hive mind. Like, you know, if you've ever had, you know, like an insect infestation in your house and tried to eradicate it, you know how difficult it is. And those yep. are just fucking ants, you know, it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, 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 will, I will go with you on that one. I like the fact that they explained the morphology, but making it that they were created on purpose. Uh, it yeah, it kind of takes the wind out of them as like a danger. Right
1: well and not only that but like in in prometheus it doesn't it it, like all it really does is explains that they that the engineers have this goo that changes it alters dna so it's like when the engineers drink it you know it, it automatically ripped them apart and turned them into new life on a new planet when we have the little weird like the worms in the um in the goo chamber when and then the one canister is leaking, those little worms turn into the hammerpedes, which were those like long monster things with the acid blood and all that. So their physiology was changed. Um, and then when we see that, you know, the goo was put into, I forget the dude, uh, the the guy, you know, who David puts it in his drink, but then he screws around with Shaw and he impregnates her. So this, this, this creature goes from infecting him to that, like, and morphing him. And well, we see the one guy, uh, was it hair? not Harrigan. I forget the guy's name. But the the Irish guy who gets a face full of the black goo and turns into oh, a, like yeah. a weird zombie
0: monster. Um oh yeah. like, his name started with an M. I remember liking him because it was like, wait a second, Milburn, right? Was that Milburn? Yes, Milburn because yeah, I I remember seeing that going first of all, that's fucking badass. He's like a uh, a zombie. He looks like he's covered in oil. Like it looks yeah. so cool and he's like and he's like this Resident Evil type of like almost possessed kind of wild zombie. And yet at the same time, as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, but that's not what they do. Like they've never possessed people. Like, what is this? And, and that's the thing.
1: It's, it's the black goose. So it's like, we see, we see the life cycle of it. Like when it, when David puts it in the guy's drink and then he has sex with Harrigan, he somehow infects her, even though they made the comment that she can't have children. So now they're going to impregnate her with this life form that is the early stages of the trilobite. So the the black goo, when put into a human, turned the guy into a zombie, but made him give an octopus offspring to a a lady that then has, you know, she cuts it out of her and it turns into the giant squid monster that then face fucks an engineer and the (laughs) deacon pops out.
0: Like what the fuck kind of life cycle is this? Like what is the black goo? Yeah, I know it's so bizarre, but to your point, too, right, that I did like when the movie was over because it was over, but also because <laughs> then when they were like, oh, there's more ships like we're going to go where we're going to go. I don't know. And so I'm immediately thinking like, oh, this is cool. Like, I like this ending where it's like, we don't know what's next. We don't know what's over the horizon. Like, we'll find a planet. Maybe we won't whatever. Like, that was great, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we get to Covenant. And I and so, uh, let me say, I never watched Covenant until yesterday because I didn't like Prometheus and I was just like, fuck this whole series. Like I am done with alien. Like I'm just going to watch the quartet and the rest of this stuff is a waste of time, you know? <laughs> and it's like, so I just never bothered. So I watched it yesterday and right off the bat, I love the fact that it's not obvious that it's a direct follow up, but you catch on pretty soon. But the first hour of the movie, and actually it's the first 54 minutes of the movie. I know. Cause I had to pause it. Uh, <laughs> is, is, um, it's this fucking amazing action movie. They start off with like right out in media's race. Like we have danger and explosions and people dying in the first couple of minutes. I love, you know, the look of the ship, cool mystery to bring back Michael Fassbender, but like he's, he's a different character. Cool. Like you, you put a hook in me. I want to know what that's all about. You know, like quick, it's a good, and then it's like a, this now, you know, they're trying to find a survivor. There's good drama, you know, and they're, there's infighting amongst themselves, the mysterious transmission from space, and the whole time I'm thinking, like, this is a great spiritual follow-up to the original movie. They're building this haunted house in space drama with all of this interpersonal struggle, and then here comes, like, the alien. They're not, they're not going to expect it. I'm like – awesome you know and then oh cool now they're going to put the stuff in from prometheus tell us where they went with the ship cool i'm loving this they're going to tie it in awesome and as soon and then they land and it's like fucking monsters and firefights and explosions and like horror body horror and i'm just like hell yeah like cool mysteries wait there's no animals like what's up with that the whole time i'm loving it and then they go to a fucking city with david for some reason and as soon as as soon as david shows up and and then i see the city i'm just like okay i'm checked out i'm done this movie's like i had to pause it go do something else and i came back and i hated the entire second hour of the movie like i'm just like what happened they had this kick-ass action movie and then they just shot it in the foot
1: i (laughs) when i saw this movie i went to go see it in the theater and when I tell you I sat there with my arms folded like an angry Karen that wanted to speak with the manager, <laughs> I was like that the entire fucking movie. At at the very end of the movie, I literally said, well, fuck you, Ridley Scott, and walked away. Like, I was so angry with this movie. Um, Yeah, the, here's the things I will say that I like about it. Michael Fassbender is a damn good actor. Um, I liked, so I like that. <laughs> And I like the look of the Neomorph. I think that it looks cool. I don't like why it's in the movie. Um, but I think it's a cool design. So I'll give it that. Everything else. Like, holy shit, how long do we have? Because, my God. I, I hate. I hate everything about this. They answer zero questions that were raised in Prometheus. Um, you know, and, and that, that, that area that David bombed were those supposed to be the engineers because they didn't look anything like the engineers they they were they were <laughs> yeah. tall humanoids that were like pale skinned but yeah. engineers have like those like black eyes almost like glowing pale skin uh these people had had the whites of their eyes they they were all different shapes and sizes like so are these the engineers are they not the engineers i thought we were going to the engineer home world uh yeah. when he bombs them why doesn't it change their physiology? Why does it just eliminate them? And why was the, the goo turning into like an airborne thing that then was forming like spears and impaling them? Like what, how, what, <laughs> how does this work again? The black goo doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, It didn't mutate them. We see it mute in the, imp- in the previous movie, they spend half of the fucking runtime showing that the black goo mutates things. And then they use it here and it's like, no, no, it's just going to it's just going to kill everything.
0: Yeah. Like, wait, what?
1: Was, uh, okay.
0: OK, so <laughs> like, let me just interject one thing real quick. I will say I was expecting that to all go down differently. Like when they shut that flashback and you see David looking down all serious and then all these engineer like looking dudes are like, oh, hey, look, they're all happy. Like, oh, the ship came home And in my head. I'm like. Oh, so the whole time I thought they were on the same planet from Prometheus. I'm like, wait, no. Okay, so they're on – the engineer planet okay cool like okay you, you pulled a fast one on me that's good mm-hmm. and then and like and then when he looks down at them and then just bombs the fuck out of their whole city I was just like yeah fuck those guys like they killed your whole crew they killed your lady they want to kill humans like and he basically shows up as like look I brought your ship back fuck you <laughs> right yeah and I thought <laughs> okay that's cool and then it my joy lasted for like three, 30 seconds but in that one moment I was like yeah I love the idea that like the conquering hero comes back only wait that's not our hero oh shit we're all dead (laughs) right and see and i like that idea as well but the fact that like it went nowhere like they didn't do
1: anything with it it's like uh, okay like what all right whatever um (laughs) this oh boy when the covenant gets to planet four or whatever the fuck planet this takes place on um why do they leave the ship With no protective gear, what kind of morons are on this fucking ship? Every other movie in the entire franchise, we have seen them. Even
0: the fucking space truckers in the first movie knew enough to put on protective gear. I know, and, even in Prometheus, they yelled at that dude, like, why the fuck are you taking your helmet off? What, are you an idiot? You know? Right? This is still 10 years later.
1: Yeah, and so they're just like, oh, yeah, it's got breathable air, let's go. Because why? Oh, because the plot says so. Because somehow the black goo morphed into fucking spore clouds that, you know, when they kick them, oh, it goes into your body, and then it creates a neomorph. Like, mm, why did it become spores? Why did it? Why did the black goo mutate to spores? What the fuck? I, I,
0: I know. Well, and it begs the question too. Like, if they had worn helmets, would they have just been fine? Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, what everything? Like, I mean, they probably would have taken them off eventually. But like, would they have just run into David and he would have just told them to shoo shoo far away? Or, or I mean, I don't know. Like, the whole movie would have changed if they had just put helmets on. You
1: know? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, that whole sequence, like it's it's so telegraphed. Like, the reason we're not taking these precautions is because we have this whole spore idea that we want to use, and like. That that right there is, again, a sign of bad filmmaking when you have this idea that you really, really want to use, but it goes against conventional ideas. It goes against conventional wisdom. Like, don't do it because you're asking your audience to like to jump across this fucking chasm with you. And it's like, no, I'm not going to follow you. If you're going on an alien planet, you wear some fucking protective headgear. (laughs) Like, It doesn't make sense. Um, here's another thing that makes me angry about Ridley Scott, because I, like, I feel like at this point he was just throwing garbage at the wall. Why do the Neomorphs bust out of your back?
0: Like, Uh you know what at this point like the the alien creatures from this movie and prometheus they were all so different from each other that it was like every scene was just like okay let's you know the, the next cool design in the notebook like what's next so i just stopped asking questions you know because it's like whatever
1: <laughs> but that's the thing like one busts out of a mouth one busts out of the back and like i feel like it was ridley scott going well on the first one they busted out of your chest uh uh, this time we'll come out you back. Like it's it's a it's an early stage. Uh, j- j- jump out of your back instead. Like it just it there was no logical sense to it and it drove me fucking nuts. Um like, oh my god, where did David get all the genetic material from to make the creatures in his lap? Because he specifically talks about having no genetic material. Like, yeah, yeah okay, I, he he had Shaw,
0: but yeah, really well, I, who he clearly murdered and then pretended that she'd like died, you know, when they were landing or some shit. So like, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I guess maybe there were other engineer people on the planet somewhere, but he also mentions that they were uh, bred to the creatures were bred to eat meat. Like they killed meat, like wildlife. Mm -hmm. And then they mentioned there's no, so I just assumed again, it's not in the movie. So I had to make an assumption, but I just assumed that, you know, he was just getting animals from somewhere, you know, if any of them were still alive. But yeah, it, it doesn't really make any of that clear. Um, well, but, especially when we see the
1: eggs, like he has yeah. the dissected egg and it's like, OK, so if you're if you're saying that you're creating the facehuggers from Shaw's reproductive system, which is, is clearly what they were kind of hinting at, yeah. Um. you know, even though she had a, as they say in the movie, a flawed reproductive system, you know, it's like, <laughs> Okay, like one thing I will give the, 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 at least the designers of the film, the fact that the, the Shaw that we see looks like Giger's painting of Lil 2 or LI 2, mm-hmm. that I thought, I was like, okay, that's at least a cool reference to Giger. But other yeah. than that, fuck them. Um,. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I loved all the artwork. I love the character designs, I will say too. And uh, the neomorph or whatever you called it, the alien that's in the movie, like fucking scary as hell. I do yeah. I did like that. Like when he especially when he uh the, the one of course the one girl's like, Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom, I'll be right back. And I'm like, ah, oh, you're fucking dead. And then, you know, right? Like, but then the alien who goes and fucks her up and I was just like, Yeah, dude, like that's awesome. <laughs> well, I,
1: I love how it's its jaws almost they're almost like a goblin shark. Like how it, it doesn't have the extendable like mini mouth like mm-hmm. the, the aliens have. But it's it's actual gum line kind of comes out almost like like a goblin shark does where it pulls back its skin and like the, the jaw yeah. line comes out like that's fucking creepy looking. But OK, a couple other questions. How come David can heal? We specifically talk about how he he's not a self-healing model like he doesn't have that ability.
0: Yeah, I so, question too like how his hair grew long. Like, right. Was, I thought that was weird. Like he's clearly a robot. Um, but, of course, the second he cut his hair, I'm like, oh, he's going to replace the other android and, oh, like, sneak back on the ship, like, telegraph. Like, te- they telegraph the fuck out of that whole thing. So the entire rest of the movie, when Walter and uh, David, like, the, the two, uh, you know, androids are, you know in conflict with each other it, it means nothing like there's right i don't care like there's no way that walter can ever win because they've already telegraphed the fact that david was going to take his place otherwise like that's the only reason to give him the long hair so he can cut it to give you a clue when they shouldn't have done any of that if he had yeah. just had his short hair that never show him they gave it all away you know, yeah. and which just from a storytelling perspective pissed me off because I'm like, why are you giving the secret away? It would have been mm-hmm. fucking badass if you just had that. And I'm jumping forward, but you just had that scene at the very end when um, Daniels, you know, when she goes into her sleep pod and then she realizes that wait, that's not Walter, that's David. And then like, you know, she cries and he puts her in cryosleep sleep and it's like, oh fuck you. That would have been so messed up. It would have been mm-hmm. like a gut punch to find out, but like they gave it away like t- two minutes after David shows up <laughs> in the movie. They telegraph everything in this, and it, it's it's
1: so fucking annoying. But it, it's like, like other other little things, like just let's talk about the, the the Android swap here. How did David know all of the all of Walter's like security codes for the ship? I highly doubt that that would have come up in casual conversation. Yeah. So it's like, why did he know all that shit?
0: So and why did he? I'm sorry, and he couldn't have like downloaded it from Walter's head in some way because he didn't know about the log cabin that Daniels told him about, which exactly. was the, which was the key to the mystery. Like mm-hmm. the second the second that Daniels mentions building a log cabin at the beginning, I'm like, oh, that's like Chekhov's you know dream house. That's what that yep. is. Like that's going to come back later. So of course, when they telegraphed the fact that David was going to take Walter's place. I'm like, "Oh, uh, Daniels is going to mention the lock cabin and he's going to be like, "What? What do you mean? What lock cabin?" And that's what the, and that's exactly what happened, except it would have been, you know, it would ma- it would have made more sense if it, if we didn't know it was him the whole time and then she mentions the lock cabin and he goes, "Oh, yeah, what lock cabin?" And then, "Oh shit, it's really David." And that would have been awesome. But again mm-hmm. to your point, you, he couldn't have known the codes because Walter wouldn't have told him. And he couldn't have downloaded it, or he would have known the log cabin story. So, like,
1: what the fuck? Right. There, there's, there's, there's so, there's so many fucking plot holes in this film. Um, and, and like this, this is just like a little annoyance, like where I just want to flip off Ridley Scott for this. Fuck you for ruining the android naming convention, because we had, they, we were doing the ABCs. You know, we have Ash, Bishop, Call, David, and then Walter. Like,
0: oh, he, fuck but you. he. Was the la- Didn't you hear him? He said he was a later model. (laughs) Exactly. Like, oh, well, that's another thing, too, that pissed me off about Walter is that Walter was a great character. Uh, Michael Fassbender is an amazing actor who does great voices and languages, but that was not a good accent. I'm sorry. That was was shitty, but no, it wasn't good, but he's a great character who, because he's an advanced model, is less human but more loyal, right? So he's loyal to Daniels and the whole crew is trying to protect him, right down to the fact that David even asked him, like, why did you sacrifice your hand? Because he was protecting them, right? That was his duty. Mm-hmm. So what happens to Walter? We see them fighting, and then David's like, what are you going to do? You know, like, you know, serve in heaven or rule in hell or whatever the fuck he says. And then the next time we see the android it's david pretending to be walter so what happened to walter like did he just give up because the implication was that walter was like yeah you know what you're right you know what uh, yeah go ahead get on the ship and pretend to be me it'll be fine i'll stay here and that's like what no that doesn't make any sense and if david killed him why didn't we get to see that we got to see them fight so why didn't we get to see the end of the fight so exactly. it's like if he, neither one of them makes any sense if he gives up it, that's not true to the character if he doesn't give up why don't we get to see the fight it's like you're robbing the audience of the action in an action movie and it's like Mm -hmm. it's again it's a waste it's a waste of a character and again and it's just like in the previous movie where you have billy crud up and danny mcbride and all these great characters and they at least get to do more shit but then they just throw some of them away for like no reason Mm -hmm. i would say and, and i get i get what
1: Bridley Scott was trying to do with this. Like, I definitely understand he was trying to show the dangers of playing God. Engineers made man, man man made androids, man kills engineers, android kills man, android makes xenomorph. Like, I get it. I get what you were trying to do. I just think it's fucking dumb. (laughs) Like, I really do. Like, I feel like he's going, look at look, it's a cycle of life and death. I'm deep or something. Like, it just yeah. Fuck you, Ridley Scott. I'm I'm so yeah. happy that that this movie failed as hard as it did, and he handed over the reins to Fede Alvarez because so far I've been really impressed with that guy's body of work. Like I loved the Evil Dead remake. I loved uh, uh, Don't Breathe one and two. Like he's mm-hmm. he's really good at at making uh, like a crazy violent horror film. And from the sounds of what they're doing. It sounds like they might be doing a slasher movie with aliens where it's like uh, a colony out in deep space and they're being overrun by xenomorphs. That sounds pretty fucking cool to me. I'm like getting back to basics. Hell, maybe it's LV-426 before the company showed up. Who knows? But You know, I'm I'm fine with it going in that direction, because whatever the fuck Ridley Scott was doing and his plans for awakening, he actually said he had seven different movies between Prometheus and Alien. And again, let's just talk about. Right. Well, let's talk about the timeline here. You're you're literally saying that. okay, so Alien took place on twenty one, twenty two. So in twenty one, twenty two. And we have Prometheus leaves okay so yeah prometheus leaves for lv-223 in 2091 all right so in in like what a little over a hundred years we're supposed to believe all of this crazy like leaps and bounds and technology and alien life cycles and all that shit happens for uh for for these movies to connect properly like it yeah. doesn't make any fucking sense
0: no it does it doesn't at all and like I like the idea of doing, like, a slasher movie in space because, again, after the original Aliens, you, can, you have your haunted house movie, you have your action movie, you have your crime drama. Like, doing a slasher movie in space is good, especially since they tried it with both Prometheus and Covenant. <laughs> they were both horrible failures. Mm-hmm. So doing it again, I think, is definitely the the right way to go. Um, I do want to say one last thing about Covenant. My final comment on it is the best part of the movie is the end of the movie. I was telling you how I liked the action movie that they were setting up at the beginning, before I really knew where it was going. But I actually really liked the end. I I, I was confused as to why David slash Walter was like letting the xenomorph neomorph thing run around on the ship, but it was a badass scene. Like he kills those that couple in the uh, shower, and then they have that whole battle in like the hangar bay with like the door open and like. It was it was awesome. It was a great scene. And and then right. of course, there's there's the the twist where it's like, aha, I'm secretly David. And you're going to go into crowd sleep while you scream and cry. And I'm going to take over your ship. And it was like this. The end of the movie kind of saves the experience. It doesn't like, save the story. It doesn't. Yeah. save this franchise. But it kind of it kind of redeemed itself at the end by wrapping up this badass action movie that it started out as. And there's just a whole bunch of nonsense in the middle with just screws up the whole storyline and the, you know, so yeah this is a good example of like everything that we need to talk about how do we fix this how do we fix the timeline and one thing that you mentioned briefly but we never even addressed was they teased us teased us in prometheus about what the space jockey was where it came from and how it got uh to lv426 but then it was just misdirection it wasn't actually mm-hmm. A backstory at all i had nothing to do with the space jockey which still leaves the the mystery of what the heck is the space jockey and why is it there if it's an engineer yep. where did it come from and more importantly when but that's a huge you know it's a huge right. question because how did that ship get there apparently hundreds of years ago with the face hugger eggs that mm-hmm. supposedly were bio engineered by david just briefly like like 30, mm-hmm. 30 years prior, you know? Exactly. It's like, how doesn't make any sense. So there's still a mystery there to solve of what the fuck the space jockey is, how it got there. Is it like some shit like in sphere where it like went back in time 300 years? I don't know. <laughs> like we're going to have to figure that out. But anyway, <laughs> I feel, I
1: feel like that's the biggest problem that Ridley Scott did was he, he tried to do a prequel and he, he literally ignored everything that came before it including the first alien movie because he's he's literally saying that the movie he directed like the reason that he apparently has you know a claim on the fucking franchise um is because he directed that first movie and this the whole idea of the space jockey having like a cargo hold filled with fucking alien eggs filled with the 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 facehugger eggs and he's fucking up his own timeline with that concept. Like, even if he ignores everything else, he's also ignoring what he set up in the first movie. And it's just like, dude, yeah. th- that's 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 some shitty fucking filmmaking.
0: It doesn't feel like he wanted to make prequels. It feels like he was doing a remake yeah. one movie at a time. You know, he said he had seven more movies. So he he wasn't trying to do a prequel. He was doing a nine movie remake. And we probably would have seen that original movie just get redone
1: in mm-hmm. some way
0: that fit in with a new timeline that's probably what would have happened but i hope it never does same anyway. <laughs> but Ooh.
1: we we do need to wrap this one up
0: yeah we've been talking for a long time i know you gotta go i gotta yeah. go kids are hungry dinners need to be made <laughs> dogs need to be taken out and so yeah we we talked for a long time but Obviously, everyone who's listening to this still knows exactly why we're doing a two-parter because (laughs) we we knew it was going to take us a long time to get through our feelings on the 13 movies. Even if we had liked them all, it would have taken a while. But obviously, the further along they went – (laughs) <laughs> the more devolved, right? To the, yep. you know, P- Predators wasn't as good. You know, obviously the most recent Alien movies weren't as good. So there was a couple of stinkers in there. The AVPs, eh, we'll figure it out. So now when we go into the next uh, episode, we're going to jump right into... What are we doing? I don't want to spend a lot of time going back and rehashing what we liked or didn't like. So uh, I'll give a disclaimer at the beginning of the next episode that if you haven't listened to this one, you definitely need to go back and do that. Uh, And so those of you who have made it this far, join us in two weeks on Alien Day, April 26th, when we will put out our full length big alien slash predator dual franchise Bible for what they should have done to really make uh, this joined uh, series a huge hit and yeah we'll see what uh what it what it what it looks like in our imaginary world of raised by rentals
2: <laughs> indeed <laughs> um,
0: so with that i'll say hey uh thanks for listening all this time you can find us on the socials as usual at Raised by Rentals, and also at RaisedByRentals.com. We belong to the Rad Pantheon, a super team of podcasters, artists, musicians, you name it, a collective of creative friends supporting each other and helping to spread the word about rad stuff. So if you like this show, there's a pretty good chance you're going to like one or more of the projects over there. So go ahead and check it out. You can find Comics Boost on that list. Check me out on Instagram, Comics Boost, to spell that with an X, where I like to spotlight crowdfund campaigns for new comic book projects. Anything you want to plug, Mike?
1: ah uh, the boogeyman's closet check out boogeyman's closet on both facebook and instagram uh we are currently on break but we will be coming back in may with an all nightmare at elm street month so that's going to be a lot of fun and um definitely also check out uh count creepy head saturday morning monster mash just spell creepy head with a k where three grown men children bitch about pop culture and talk about toys
0: and uh and just some uh, some great some crazy jokes some crazy bits and some uh <laughs> Some of the most ridiculous recurring characters. (laughs) That's for sure. Definitely. (laughs) So uh, once again, thanks everyone for tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. If you had fun with us, let us know what you think. Drop us a line. Give us some feedback on the socials, on a comment, on a podcast rating. We like it all. Let us know what you think. And with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes, especially Alien Covenant. (laughs) Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support rad stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com.